Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Brothers and sisters of the leaf, coming to you live from Charles Bronson's bedroom, also known as the original Corner of No Hope, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. Tonight, the boys take you scene by scene through the mind blowing, the insanely awesome, the blood soaked circus that is 1985's Death Wish 3, while smoking the complex 2012 by Oscar Carojo cigar paired with a shit ton of tasty old chub scotch ale from Oscar Blues Brewery. Well, it sounds like our favorite crew of drunken numbnuts is going to have more fun tonight than old Charlie B at an all-you-can-shoot purse snatcher buffet. What's that, you say? There's no such thing as an all-you-can-shoot purse snatcher buffet? Watch it, punk. Your number will be up, too. Healthy punks. Anywho, sit back, folks. Light them up. And enjoy the show. Every year without knowing it, I have passed the day when the last fires will wave to me and the silence will set out. Tireless traveler, like the beam of a lightless star, then I will be no longer. Find myself in life as in a strange garment, surprised at the earth and the love of one woman and the shamelessness of man. As today, writing after three days of rain, hearing the wrens sing and the falling cease, and bowing not knowing to what. That was W.S. Merwin's For the Anniversary of My Death from 1933's The Second Four Books of Poems. I mean, think about it, gentlemen. Each year we all unknowingly pass the anniversary of our own future death. Death, death, death. There's lots of death in tonight's movie. Lots of death everywhere you look in the real world. D E A T H. We're all going to stare in the eyes one day, boys. You can't avoid it. Thoughts? What the fuck? What the fuck, indeed, old friend? What the fuck? I feel you. I think it means what the fuck is this? 
We we came here to get drunk and laugh. Not to think about this heavy shit. Is that what you meant? Yeah. Well, it's episode 70, and usually after a successful 69, people tend to enjoy a moment of reflection and philosophical, philosophical introspection. Am I right? Uh, after a successful 69, I usually just like to get some sleep. <laughs> he's, he's right. He's right. It's a whole lot of death stuff to get to one final 69 joke, isn't it? <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode 70. Uh, 70. 70. Uh, nothing. And we got a good one for you tonight. Nothing sexy about that. Uh, indeed, there's nothing sexy about tonight's episode. No, sir. Uh, all right, can we address the uh, fuzzy elephant in the room? What? Uh, I guess it's our first episode with Tut's mustache sitting across uh, from me. Yeah. No, it was here for Hooper. It was. It, it, it was, was infantile. It was. It, was uh, it looked like a shadow. It is was, what it looked it like. It was in its one week stage. But it's 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 definitely there now. Now you got the two week stage, the three week stage, maybe. I. Uh, my wife asked me what it was looking. She's like, "Have you seen?" progress on Tut's mustache lately. How can like, you not? I was like, yeah. She's like, what would you... Is it good? Is it a little good-looking mustache? Or... I was like, well, it's kind of like if G. Gordon Liddy was a child predator. That's why I don't grow a mustache. <laughs> Otherwise, I have to put on, like, the, the light beige suit and, you know, think about maybe stabbing someone with a pencil in the neck. Uh, but maybe as it as it develops oh, as it just develops wait. further, you'll move past that that pedophile stage, and it'll look like I'm not sure. You don't think so? Well, I mean, I've only gotten this far once, and I actually I, I grew it for about a month and a half, and it was pretty. It was almost celicus. Well, come on, that's that's a, that's a ridiculous statement. There's like very few mustaches in the world that are celicesque. You wait till this bad boy grows in. You know, we want to get our YouTube views up. Do you think maybe we should take a hidden camera and like follow Tut as he tries to buy a used ice cream truck? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would like a very large ice cream truck. How much to have the windows tinted? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, sir. We cannot sell you a van. Keep going. We support you and that thing on your face. We do. It could disappear at any time. It usually does. Yeah. Right about tomorrow. <laughs> But as long as you oh. insist on, on, uh, you know what? It's your journey. It is. And uh, I support you. And unfortunately, it's the stash's journey, and <laughs> I can feel my personality morph even as we speak. So you guys are like in conflict, you and the stash? It's a symbiotic relationship, but I think he's starting to take over. Well, Cody, I must ask you a question. Hmm. How did uh, St. Patty's Day go at the pub? It went fantastically. O'Brien's Irish, Irish Pub in downtown historic Temple, Texas. Yeah. I was driving in from Austin. Uh, got hit with a lot of rain. I was worried about you guys, but uh, here it was a smashing success. It was. Like people smashed stuff. And yeah, they were just <laughs> drunken idiots. <laughs> breaking things. Day. No, no. It was actually really good. Yeah, the weather did affect us, unfortunately, so we didn't quite get all the people. We had some people leave, and we knew that it, it, the weather did keep... A lot of people away, but we still had a fantastic crowd. Sell a lot of green beer. 
Sold a lot of green beer. Did you bring us any tonight? Any leftover green no, beer? We, no, we sold all the green beer. I don't drink Did green you? Beer. You floated the kegs. Oh, yes. Nice. That's good. That's a heck of a lot of green beer, That too. is a lot of green. How many kegs did you guys go through? Uh, we Well, we limited ourselves because we were like, we were not going to be... Usually you're stuck. We're drinking green beer like in <laughs> May. <laughs> is that a spinach uh, energy? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Officer. <laughs> Uh, so you limited yourself. How many? Three? Yes. Hey, I nailed it. And you floated three K. Good job. Well, I mean, we're not a huge place, so we had that. We had that, and then I think we got... A lot of Guinness? Uh, like four kegs of Guinness. Wow. So Nice. I mean, we're, we're, we're not a huge place, but... Well, you're our favorite place. I'm glad, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad the weather didn't keep uh, the party down. No. Awesome. And uh, if you got there are looking for someplace next year, you know where to go. Speaking of keeping the party going, uh, go to our website and click on the Amazon link to do all of your Amazon shopping. I wanted to get that in because usually I'm too drunk to remember. I it appreciate at the end. that. Party supplies, uh, whatever you, whatever you kind of party you're throwing, they they can supply you the goods at Amazon. And if you're looking for cigars, we have a famous smoke shop link on the website. Click on there before you buy your cigars. And I, uh, and I, I think I noticed something else new on the website. There's a big shiny Drew Estate ad on there. Uh, shows you some cool new Drew Estate products. Um, TNCC selling out. <laughs> yes, we're selling out. No, oh, we're not. They're we're a great s- brand. We love them. Well, we do. But we, totally. <laughs> we'll sell it to anybody. Just, uh, just uh, Our email is on the website. Just wait for next week when my mom's quilting service ad gets up there. Uh, hey, well, she pays good money. I'd like to talk to your mustache after the show, please. <laughs> <laughs> she pays good money. We don't need quilt money. Oh, uh, you're too good for quilt money now. Do they pay you regular or is it a bunch of bills sewn together? And you're like, what it's, do I do with this? It is. It's, it's like a it's like counterfeit. She's just crocheted. Like, like trying to shove it in the deposit thing at the bank. It's basically a shorts in the form of money. Um, well, uh, we, we will definitely uh, keep an eye out. Our website always has new stuff coming. Uh, every Seems like every other day we got something new posted on the website. So yeah, com. We had that uh, uh, review of the Bruce Willis death wish that the doctor dropped out. Which actually inspired tonight's show. We're going to be doing one of the older uh, Bronson death wishes because of, um, I read the doctor's review of the new theatrical one. I was I was inspired. Um, so, uh, yeah, go to the website. Check it out. we got a lot of fun stuff going on over there. Um, what we do every week, as you may or may not know, we smoke a cigar that's been carefully strategically paired with a delicious, hopefully, beer, craft of nature. And then we uh, also try to pair that somehow with the movie um, of the night that we'll walk you through. And it's a fun night. Yes, it is. Have we never not had a, have we ever not had a fun night? No, even though we've done really crappy movies, we we've always, had fun doing we them. We always get drunk and have fun. So <laughs> I'm, It's amazing what beer can do. I'm really counting on tonight to be the same. Uh, we will not disappoint you. So, let me introduce tonight's cigar, and then we'll get right to it. Uh, tonight, we are doing the 2012 by Oscar Corojo cigar. Uh, this is by the one and only Oscar Valladares. Um, if you remember, last year, we smoked the 2012 Connecticut. I believe it was our first one of last year. Yeah. yeah. And then we also uh, smoked the Oscar Habano. Uh, remember that? It came in that bright green candela wrap 
leaf wrapped around the cigar. Yeah. And it made our top 10 cigars of 2017. Um, it is tonight we're going to be smoking a 6x52 box press. Uh, it's a Honduran sun grown Corojo wrapper with a Nicaraguan binder and Honduras and Nicaraguan filler. I will save the price point till the end, as always. From our speaking of famous smoke shop, from our friends at Famous Smoke Shop, I gathered this intel, as they say in the in the military world, spy world, spy world. 2012 by Oscar Cigars, our box pressed reboot of the original 2012 edition, released the year when Oscar Valderez officially entered the cigar business. It was also the year the Mayan calendar predicted the end of the world. Which, which accounts for the Mayan-themed artwork on the boxes and on the, the band, as you can see here. Uh, luckily for Oscar, the world didn't end uh, because he enjoyed some remarkable success since then. Uh, you might want to check out our YouTube interview with Oscar from Cats Fest last year. It's a great um, To Speaking of journeys, he started out as Rocky Patel, another cigar manufacturer's bus driver, <laughs> and now he owns his own factory. So... Uh, I'll include that on the episode page, but go over to YouTube. You can find that. It's really kind of like a Denzel, where he starts out as the car driver for the guy in American Gangster and then actually becomes like the head of the yeah, guy. I think you actually yeah. made that reference during the interview. He didn't appreciate that. Being compared to Denzel or a gangster? The, the gangster character. Or oh. maybe that was... We did interview another guy there who was also a driver. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe I compared it to him, and he was like, oh, screw you. I think I said it then. I'll say it now. Why don't I have a driver? Why am I driving myself places? You guys know how much I drink. I really need my own driver. Yeah. Uh, can you make a note of that? In your... I, can, I can totally make a note of it. Okay. You're not writing. <laughs> your, your pencil isn't actually touching the paper. It, it totally is. You're pretending. <laughs> Uh, and to celebrate that success that he's had, uh, Oscar and his master blender, I'm going to hopefully say this correctly, uh, Byron Duarte, D-U-A-R-T-E, Duarte, Duarte uh, have done it again with an even more impressive tasting lineup. The 2012 by Oscar Corojo boasts a sun-grown Honduran Corojo wrapper and runs more in the medium to full range. With a creamy serving of earth, roasted nuts, graham cracker, which you guys have been picking up a lot lately in cigars. I, I don't get it nearly as much as you guys. Uh, and molasses. For an extraordinarily complex cigar with a long, lingering finish. Hmm. Much like yourself when you look at things. Um, so it's, it's a... I was, I was telling Tut before the show, all these 2012s that we, we did the Connecticut... And uh, we have we still have a Maduro to do at some point. They all, if you shine them in the light, they all have that crystallization, the little speckles, mm-hmm. the little sparkles on the wrapper. That just, uh, boy, it's just, it's just a super sexy presentation. As Crystal from The Bachelor would say, glitter, glitter. Uh, it's a glitter bomb. <laughs> are, you, are you glam shaming me? <laughs> no, don't I'm a mo- I'm a model. I can't glam shame. Don't you glam shame oh, me? Wow, it's gonna be a long podcast. He's, I wanted him to start <laughs> drinking, so we mission accomplished. Yes. Oh. Speaking of drinking, Nothing. what are we drinking? We're drinking beer. It's All right, beer. Moving on. No, no. Uh, we are drinking uh, actually two beers, and the name of the company that makes them is. Oscar Blues. Oscar Cigar. Oscar Beer. That's why we are who we are. 
Well, wow, actually, took, this, actually uh, this one was pretty simple. <laughs> Well, well you're something a Oscar expert, cigar. Huh? I just called Cody. Isn't there somebody who makes beer called Oscar? Yes, genius. <laughs> what are we doing? The, first, the the main one. We 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 the main we, one. We, we, yeah, we were we, looking we're, for. We're starting with their old Chub Scotch Ale. I like the sound of that. It is quite delicious. They're, sort of. They're, I do love the company's own. Ales. Uh, An old Chub description is actually is pretty spot on. Uh, old Chub in, in this. They've chosen some fantastic words here, so I'm going to mispronounce them. Old Chub is a Bradadingan celebration. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to look that word up. What? It's the uh, land of the giants in uh, Swift's uh, Gulliver's Travels. Gulliver's Travels. Say it one more time. Bradadingan. <laughs> mm. I've heard it both. Ways. Anyways, basically. They could have just said it's a giant celebration, but okay. they had to go and be different. Right. Thanks, Thesaurus. <laughs> so TNCC is anti-Thesaurus. Well, we like Thesaurus. Oh, we do we like just, Thesaurus. We don't want them to use crazy words. You know what? I actually regret that already. I, I, I'm a big fan of it. I like synonyms. TNCC is pro-synonyms. There we go. Anti-antonyms. Oh, antonyms. Yeah, anyways. Anyways. Like it's a whole different discussion. Anyways, a celebration of aggressively shattering. No, no, no. Burt no. Reynolds laughing tonight. I'm sorry. Aggressively shattering the status quo. Stop doing that. This jaw-dropping uh, Scottish uh, strong ale, eight uh, percent ABV and thirty IBUs, strays far from its conventions as it's brewed with a recklessly bodacious amount of malted barley and specialty grains and a dash of beechwood smoked malt. Beechwood smoke. I know. It features semi-sweet flavors of cocoa and coffee and a wee bit of smoke. It's powerful head-turning trip for malt heads and folks who think they don't dig dark beer. I'm getting a lot more smoke in my beer than uh, just a tad. <laughs> um, I, 8%? For some reason, I thought this was higher than 8%. No. The n- other one is higher. Oh, okay. The... Uh, we were originally going to do well. First of all, we were originally going to do the Death by Coconut, yeah, which turned out to be a seasonal because that would tie in not only the Oscar, but with our movie tonight, The Death Wish, Death by Coconut. Can you imagine Bronson saying that? <laughs> Death by Coconut. I smell a cigar there. You like that aroma, huh? I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does have a. I mean. Light up, light up. Uh, well, real quick. Uh, nice taste in beer, though. How about when we decide to try one of the... We only could find four... All right, well, we'll, we'll I'll talk about it when we... Yeah, we'll try that later. Uh, so, Old Chub is the main beer for the night. Um, we will be sampling one more of their other beers that we were hoping to to get more of. But There's uh, also another tie-in. There's a lot of old people in tonight's movie. Yeah. And tonight, we'll, this is the first time I will mention old chubs without mentally picturing you guys as wangs. It is its nickname. Where is Oscar? They're originally out of Colorado, okay. Lion, Lions, Colorado. Uh, they have expanded, of course. They've done really well. Uh, they have gone into North Carolina and into Austin, Texas. I was about to say, I thought that, yeah, okay. Like I they're thought, brewing in Austin, Texas? Yeah, yes. yeah, because I thought they were actually an Austin company. No, they okay. are, they originally started in Colorado. Uh, 
It was uh, started in 1997 by uh, Dale Katchis. Which is the name for Dale's Pale Ale. Correct. Like and it. they exclusively can their beer. They do not bottle their beer at all. Okay. And they were, and they're the, out of all the craft, they are the largest and only one that cans. So if you're, if you're out looking for anything from Oscar Blues, you will only find it in the can. You mean they're the only one that does only cans? They're the largest yeah. okay. brewery that only cans. Correct. Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, initial sips, thoughts? I like it. I'm a fan of Scotch Ales. Yes. Uh, it's a what are bit... some other Scotch Ales I may have had? And I don't. Have we ever featured a Scotch Ale on the show? I don't think so. Have we ever featured an Oscar beer on the show before? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, is this one of the more popular Scotch Ales? The Old Chub <laughs> is. Have you had it before? Yes. At the pub? Yes. Okay. We have not. We're newbies. Um, no, they have a uh, a Scotch Ale at uh, Redhorn Brewing there in Cedar Park, and it's called the Hairy Man. Uh, what is with these names? Old Chub, <laughs> Hairy Man. Is there something about a Scotch Ale like pick something gross and disgusting? It's a Scotch Ale. It has to be manly. We need a disgusting homoerotic name stat. Here, the Hairy Old Chub. That's already been used. Here, drink this pendulous nads. <laughs> no. Uh, Pendulous Nads <laughs> Scotch Ale Copyright, copyright Tuesday Night Cigar Club 2018 uh, It's already been copyrighted <laughs> Damn it um, I like it It's, uh, it's, it's even, very 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 flavorful I, I, Yes I think that even with the low ABV I mean not the low ABV The low IBU uh, To me I still get some bitterness there On the back side of the creaminess Uh I, I used to. I usually always think of. I always get tripped up by red ales because I think they're going to be creamy, but they never turn out to be creamy. But Scotch ales are a little bit. I, more I thought about this because that. last episode you mentioned this is what whatever we were drinking. You were like, "This is what, this I, is what I think red, red ales yeah. should taste like." But every time I have a red ale, it doesn't taste like what I think. And I'm like, so basically, you don't know what a red ale tastes like. Is this what you think? I, would you just say this is what you hope a red ale would taste like? No, but it, to me, it's more. It's got that creamier profile. I, w- I want my red ales to have a creamy profile, and they never do. Because that's not a profile of red ales. It's a profile of Killian's red. No, I would never call Killian's creamy. When they first came out, before Coors Bottom, yes. Now you're talking '90s. Yes, I am. <laughs> that's when Killian's was like a beef stew in a bottle. <laughs> It was chunky and that's probably because it was old and left out in the sun. Actually, you know what happened? I actually, I think I threw up into a Killian's bottle at a party one time. This is going down the wrong path. Well, it was bound to happen. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I get chocolate, big time. Yes, chocolate. But uh, boy, there's also just a, and this is not a, probably a, a beer terminology, a carbonation. It's kind of like a. Kind of like a cola? Does that make sense? Um, a little cola on the taste. Uh, Almost like a root beer, kind of uh, like a, a carbonated... Um, I, I guess you could say a crisp, a crisp, a crispness. It's got the carbonated taste, but it doesn't have the carbonated like 
fizz. No, not at all. Once you get it in your mouth, it's got the chocolate and um, maybe a little bit of coffee and maybe a little bit of toffee. Does that make sense? Uh, that's the beech nut you're talking about. Is that the beech nut I'm getting? No, it could be. <laughs> or beech wood. Um, what are you guys getting out of this thing? Uh, I did get the chocolate right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, but it's not overpowering like in a stout no, uh, no, at no, all. No, no, no. It's not like a chocolate coffee stout at all. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty good. All right. I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, as far as the cigar goes, I'm, I just got a head start. I'm, the, I'm never the first one to light up. Um, I'm actually enjoying the hay and alfalfa. I'm getting through the cold draw. You getting some hay and alfalfa on the cold draw? Did you get I, it as I well? With that, yeah. Um, upon lighting, uh, I think you should brace yourself for some really nice um, red pepper spice on the nose, which will dissipate fairly quickly. And then you are going to get a. I'm telling you, you don't have to smoke it. I'm just going to tell you what. Oh, okay. What, then, what's yeah. going Here, on? Here, Cody, you want this? You're gonna. Sure, no. You're, you're gonna get some uh, some peanut. Possibly some almond. It's very nutty, um, with some uh, light coffee and a little bit of creaminess to it in the first in the first inch or so. I will come back to you boys to see if you agree. I'm just country boy enjoying the hay, man. It's one of the top eleven cigar palettes in the known universe, according to a website. <laughs> I think you'll agree. All right, you old chubs. Uh, we also, along with drinking beer and smoking stogies, we do a movie every and once in a while. what a movie indeed. One of the best movies ever made. It's At least one of the best 80s action movies ever made. It certainly has a, a, a tender spot in my, in my heart. Um, tonight we're going to be with the Bruce Willis movie in theaters now, the Death Wish reboot. Uh, we are going to be revisiting the original Death Wish films, by dropping you into 1985 and Death Wish 3. Uh, written by Dan, Don Jacoby. Uh, sort of. I'll get more on that later. Uh, he also wrote Toby Hooper's Life Force, mm. which we both fans of. John Carpenter's Vampires. Ah, hey. Arachnophobia. Okay. Yeah, and uh, Blue Thunder. He <laughs> can't go wrong with Blue Thunder. <laughs> it's a lot of sci fi kind of uh, fantasy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Whisper mode. He's dropped into a, a Death Wish movie here. Whisper mode was so awesome. I'm sorry. And it is directed once again by Michael Winner, director of the first two Death Wish films, and the 1972 double punch of The Mechanic with Bronson and the horror classic The Sentinel. Oh. Um, I believe that was George C. Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out, according to everything I've read, Winner, the director who knows Death Wish more than anybody at this point, this is his third film directing. He wrote so much of the script. Um, I think Jacoby wanted to take his name off, and it wasn't really his script anymore. Yeah, but they left it on. They left the credit on there. But uh, a lot of what you see in this movie is is Michael Winner kind of tweaking it. To, Bronson didn't really when he first read this script. According to all accounts, he he wasn't into it. Uh, he, not into it. He didn't. I don't like it. He <laughs> no. Uh, he he thought it was he, he thought it was too over the top. He thought it was too violent. He thought it was too out of line with uh, the cursy character from the the first two. Uh, this is when action movies in the eighties were really going up and you know up a level. And he didn't. It really, was body count. Time. He didn't really get it. And at the same time, though, Charlie's, you know, up there in age. He's not getting a lot of offer. He needs work. 
So he did it. Um, and thank God he did. And then he did four, five. <laughs> they just Death Wish 9. Ugh, I wish I was dead. Um. <laughs> uh, Let's take a minute here while you guys get into your cigars, uh, and then I'll come back to you, to recap the Death Wish series in just a minute or two. Uh, for those of you who kind of need a, a, a brief summary on where we're at. In 1974, Charles Bronson starred as happy-go-lucky, ultra-liberal New York City architect Paul Kersey in the original Death Wish film. When Kersey's wife is murdered and his daughter's raped upon returning to New York from a tropical vacation, Paul the pacifist... I know it's hard to imagine Bronson as a pacifist, uh, finds himself so frustrated with the useless justice system and the astronomical crime rate in the city, he starts going out in the streets at night after dark, blowing punks away on sight. Uh, then eight years later, in 1982, he starred in Death Wish 2, with Bronson's Kersey now living in Los Angeles. Uh, he's brought out of his vigilante retirement by the kidnapping, rape, and eventual death of his daughter at the hands of a ruthless gang of punks. Uh, gosh, she didn't go through enough in the first film. They they finish her off in this one. Different punks. Like, everywhere he goes. Uh, punks. There's punks. Uh, well, she had barely survived the first film, and she was left kind of a shell of a functioning human. She was kind of in this uh, traumatic walking coma. And uh, some muggers robbed uh, Charlie at the ice cream stand and went to his house because they saw his address and they raped and killed his maid and then kidnapped his daughter and oh, it was, it was much more brutal than any of the kind of sexual crimes we see in this one that you're welcome Tut I know that's a, you'll appreciate that you've been getting on me about all the horrible stuff we've been seeing I, this I is actually one I of know. the this is actually one of the tamer Death Wish films believe it or not it is but only only ninety five people die, um, and they still get a time. Eight, they still find they still find time to put a rape scene in there. Sort of. This time around, uh, in part two, he puts his trusty skull cap and black jacket on, and he doesn't hesitate for one second um, before dishing out bullets and one liners. That's the part two is the one where he has a great one. Do you believe in Jesus? Well, you're gonna meet him. Now you're gonna meet him. <laughs> Uh, so at the end of part two, Kersey had killed all the men responsible for his daughter's death, but instead of hiding his gun once again and giving up his after dark shenanigans, we see him putting on the black skull cap and walking out into the night to keep delivering his own special brand of crime prevention. Uh, you can't commit a crime if you're dead. Now you're dead. Uh, punk. <laughs> so here, I want to do the whole show tonight in Charlie's voice, but I think that wouldn't... Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't mind it, actually. I'm getting notes of cedar and cream. Yeah, and, that's too much talking for Bronson. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like getting, I'm getting notes of marshmallow. No, I, 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 no way I can keep that up. Um, so here with tonight's entry, are we going to find a reformed Paul Kersey living out his life in peace and quiet, or is he still at it three years later? Uh, I can't wait to find out. Now, who are we kidding? He's still at it. Uh, of course he's still at it. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a movie to watch. None. None whatsoever. Death Wish 3, The Retirement. I spent the morning hard-boiling some eggs. Now I'm going to go clip some coupons. Oh, I wish it was dead. <laughs> no, he's still blowing guys away, and that's what makes these movies great. Cigar. I like it. 
Uh, Tut. <laughs> no, what do you? I go like on. it. Go on. What are you getting out? We're it's all about the cigar. same place now. You guys are caught up fast. This flavor, I'm going to kill it. No, um, I, you were right about that spice. Uh, not too much. I'm not getting too Came much. Came and go quickly. Just, yes. Um, I'm not really getting a whole like just. Uh, I get a little more, you know, hint of pepper on the retro. Are you hell. getting the coffee? I am getting the coffee, but I'm not. I'm also sitting here going, "Is that the beer interacting with no, this?" No, it's it's actually. It, I, I believe it is a cigar. I, okay. I've already had one, and the coffee was a constant throughout the. Okay. So that's what I was thinking. I was like, "Man, this sure does taste." I've got a, a strong coffee note, but then I'm like, "Well, man, the beer is also." But uh, so you know, I like that. Spice up front, a little bit of coffee, tut. I'm trying to pinpoint what that spice actually is on the retro hell. Uh, it's something that I only the perhaps to the flavor us. wheel could help you. G- give me that flavor wheel right there. Spices. The cigar advisor flavor wheel sweeps in to save the day, Charlie Bronson style. Man, because I'm almost kind of tasting cardamom. Hmm. It, it's an Indian spice. You use it in cooking. Cardamom? But it's but it, yeah, cardamom right there. Right in between black pepper no and shit. vanilla. It's on the wheel. Well, <laughs> it's legit then. Yeah, cuz there's there's a there's a spice like a pepper, a okay. little bit of, a little bit of like a white pepper, not not heavy black. Okay. Um, but there's a sweetness to it. Uh, but it's not like graham sweetness or cinnamon either. See, I don't I don't equate graham with sweetness. Graham, I do. Graham's is, got a little bit of that, a little sprinkled sugar on the cracker. Yeah, with some a little bit of hints of vanilla. Okay. Uh, so you got the spice up front, and then some cardamom. It's all over that retro hill. Perhaps I just never had cardamom, and I don't know that I'm experiencing it. I, yeah. Interesting. Any coffee? Any nuts? Um, no. But it's a very earthiness. I love the. I was going to describe it as rustic. Uh, okay. That could be I know that rustic's more of a visual type descriptor. No, uh, I mean Nicaraguan earth is is a, is is definitely a, it's got Nicaraguan Honduran filler, so that could be something. Okay. Well, you guys keep. I do know I love the smell of the smell of it. The yeah, you, you immediately when I lit up, the, your eyes lit up. But aroma's the, really, really. It good. is. I'm just, I'm just. Your smoke coming across the table smells wonderful. It's yeah. a really good smell, smelling cigar. Um, all right, I'll come back to it here in just a little bit. I, I, I think it's actually playing really nice with the beer. Which we've been on fire lately. We, we haven't had a bad pairing in a while. So. No, no. Uh, Internet cigar beer pairing experts. According to a website. <laughs> Our own. Our own. Well, the minute you see the Canon Films logo oh, at the beginning of this sucker, you know things are going to be bigger and way more bananas this time around. Yoram Globus and Menahem Golan are going to take things up a notch because that's what they do. Uh, that's what Canon Films did in the mid-80s, for better or for worse. And it's almost always, in my opinion, for the better. It is. I just love how every one of them it just starts out. You see that 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 little blurry, and then you hear the. <laughs> well, they actually did produce Death Wish Two, which was a very different kind of style of film in their early days before they got big. Uh, but by '85, they definitely Canon Films had a winning formula. Think Invasion USA, 
Delta Force, the American Ninjas. The bigger, the better, baby. The bigger, the better. Just every single one of them. <laughs> Crap. Now I got to go buy a motorcycle with some missile launchers. No, that was Mega Force. Yeah, I heard it both ways. <laughs> well, I just got a, a, a little bit of cream uh, on that last, mm-hmm. on the last on the draw there. That was nice. Okay. As the opening credit sequence begins, showing a gray-haired and very tired-looking Paul Kersey riding a Greyhound bus in New York City, the first thing I noticed is the, I'm going to say it, cheesy, dare I say, jazzy soundtrack. Uh, while the film score is credited to Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin fame, he in fact had nothing to do with this film. He did in the first two movies, and they retool a lot of his themes and his his music bits throughout this film but another guy actually came in and did like a lot of the synthesizer and the the love theme and the op- this opening music it grows on me I thought the Herbie more did a lot of stuff for the first one correct i don't believe they reused any of i don't know if they did or not no. but i know they they that Bling, bling, whenever he's ready to kill people. I like... That's all Jimmy Page. I like the music of Death Wish 3. Uh, it's I, got a no, nice I, little shaft this, vibe No, this is it. where I'm going on. It, it's cheesy as hell, and it's all over the place. Like, the love theme sounds like oh, nothing yeah. like this theme, <laughs> oh, no, which, sounds, which sounds nothing like it when he's walking down break. the street. It's all over the place. And I think that's just a mixture of Jimmy Page's older stuff with this guy's, and who knows what else... Over the years, I've seen this movie so many times, it has grown on me. It is not a... It's a, me- it's a hot mess, well, but it's a hot mess I've come to appreciate. If it, yeah. if it sounds like um, with the script where the director basically you know, changed up the script, maybe he did the same thing with the, uh, with the music style to where there was like an actual direction that they wanted to go first. And he was like, no, let's do this. Michael Winner actually cuts this. his own films. He was he uses an alias, um, which is yeah. actually, I have to look it up. It's a pretty funny name he uses for his, yeah. his editor alias. But he actually cut a lot of it to existing Death Wish music, and they just ended up using it. Yeah. Um, with, this, a, with this new stuff. Like, this opening scene of him in his bus, it's like this sweeping... It's pure 80s. And it's it's really it's cheesy. I'm sorry, it's cheesy, but it, but I, I associate it with something I like, so I like it. We were uh, I was working on a, a video project one time uh, for a client, and uh, we were having to do so many redos because we had our vision and we had our script that was signed off on, but then my his boss came in and started making all these changes. And he was very upfront. My the guy, my point of contact was very upfront. He was like, "We're about to make soup, and by the end of it, it's going to taste more like my boss's fingers than anything we even come up with." And that kind of reminds me of what might have gone on in this movie. I think they they happily stumbled their way into yeah. a serviceable score that, upon repeated viewings, you kind of. I liked it. I, I actually did yeah. like the 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 end product of this. Yeah, I, I think it works. Um, well, as Kersey rides the bus, we cut to a neighborhood in war torn Beirut. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's actually a neighborhood in New York City. It's eighties New York that looks like ten bombs just got dropped on it. 
I it, I was like, where is this? I love <laughs> how in the eighties, like urban movies, all of a sudden just came became war zones. There is rubble and trash everywhere, dust clouds in the air constantly, and armed gangs roaming around freely. It it's, reminded me of that time I sat at the fifty yard line of an Oakland Raiders game. What I can't figure <laughs> out is like, because you're sitting there and see, all of a sudden it's like. This, this is this, America. This is supposed to be in America. Yeah, and you're like it you is see like, him driving like, the bus. There's a Statue of Liberty. Oh, it's like it's like a post-apocalyptic world, like you know, road warrior guys on motorcycles. Am I watching Escape from New York? No. Yeah, no, it's well, a gang of thugs uh, whose symbols a red line of makeup down their their forehead uh, suddenly breaks into an old man named Charlie's apartment to rob him, and they end up punching him so many times in the belly that they kill the old bastard. He's a hundred years old, and they punch him like fifty times in the in the gut. Uh, did y'all recognize the young blonde gang member Hermosa? Uh, uh, yes. yes, from Bill and Ted. It's Alex a course, Winter. super young Alex Winter of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And it was funny before uh, four camera and tape started rolling. We were talking about actors being typecast, and you know it, it sucks for actors, but at the same time, I can't watch this guy without thinking, you know, Bill and Ted. Well, he has a very limited breadth of work to to pull from he hadn't done a lot outside, lost boys outside of that but uh he was in lost boys yes it continues a trend though in the death wish films featuring and at the time nobody actor as a thug or as a member a gang member uh if you remember jeff goldblum was a one of the gang members in part one yes lawrence fishburne <laughs> was one of the gang members in part two and now we, now we have alex winner jeff goldblum I need to go watch that. I'm, I'm sorry. We're 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 trying. To, uh, we're, he's we're got trying some to, big shades on, and he, I, I'm he, I'm going to kill you now. But I I think I, I'm just I'm really trying to get I'm, I'm really trying to kill you. Thank God he didn't really speak. Hey Tut, the Goldblum impression. <laughs> I wish it was dead. <laughs> well, they run off just as Bronson's Cursey shows up, gun drawn. For some reason, he was coming to this old guy's apartment. He shows up right as they're running away. Uh, and he can tell from his buddy Charlie's pathetic corpse on the floor. He's, he's too late. This guy's dead. Uh, the cops suddenly barge in just that second as Charlie's got, got his gun out. And they, you murdering son of a bitch. They arrest Kersey for murder. It's uh, to sound like, so you just drove up through the war zone, and this is <laughs> this is the crime you're going to bust? Exactly. Well, apparently, here's the thing. They were punching that old guy in the belly for a good three minutes. Finally, they show one of his old neighbors, we should probably call the police. You think? Yeah, well, but I you mean, learned that you don't you don't get involved in this neighborhood, man. No, it's... You keep it's, your head down and look down. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where it's like you know, and they they show like you, while you hear this him being attacked, they cut to all the neighbors in their in their apartment turning up the news. <laughs> and I'm sitting here looking like, okay, why is it you look out the window? It's you know Mad Max, but you're in here, and there's like these nice apartments. Oh no, they're they, like they hear Charlie screaming out in agony. They're like, let's turn up the pot of soup, boil it. Let's just actually uh, a little bit before this. There was a uh, murder in New York where an entire building. Uh, yes, a girl. A woman. I was about on the, to say as a, a woman. A, yeah, a woman on the street was being uh, brutally attacked on the street, and it's a, it's a it's a classic case where literally 
everyone is looking out their windows and nobody's picking up a phone to call the police. Yeah. And this is that on steroids. And it, and it was so uh, unbelievable at the time. I, th- I think that that might be, you know, an influence of kind of like it could how, be. The, this, how the neighborhood is not this doing This movie uh, on that same... I do like how, like, X was like, the rest of this place is a hellhole, but the individual apartments are kind of nice. Well, I wouldn't call them nice. For, uh, for a poor neighborhood in New York, yeah. Well, you can tell these are the people that have lived there forever. I will say this, though. We it's are controlled, I'm sure. Tut talks about that case. This is also the first Death Wish film to come after the Bernard Getz case in New York City where the, the white man shot the black uh, four black people on the subway, said he was gonna, they were trying to rob him. They said they were just asking money for video games. Yeah. Pulled out a gun on the subway, blew him away. A lot of people uh, blamed the Death Wish fit. Like He became the New York City vigilante. It was a big, high-profile case. Okay, uh, Bronson got asked about it constantly. How do you feel about, you know, Bernard influencing Guts and guy. influencing this? So this is the first Death Wish to come out pretty soon after that case. So there's a lot of kind of societal tie-ins. Yeah, but here. you know, yeah. the funny thing is, is that that I guess we if we're going to say that trope, it really started in. It, you know, we laugh about it like, you know, the, the Kentucky Fried movie. I mean, they do the whole thing like, take him to Detroit. You know, you already have your, your levels of yeah. urban decay going on. And in, in well, 70s then, like, New York here, was this, this pretty was a funny bad. Because after seeing this, you know, it, it reminded me like, you know, uh, the original came out in 74. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it didn't come out until like November, or, uh, October, November mm-hmm. in 74. The Punisher, the comic, comic. book character came out in February of 74 was introduced so I'm wondering you know how many people were already kind of discussing this type of character which came first me or him but they're basically the same character their families are killed and they both just go on a fucking yeah. rampage um, that's a that's a very interesting point and you know when my, when they yeah, asked I, ne- the, I never had that correlation when they, that's a really good correlation and when they asked the director Michael Winner about the Bernard Goat gets thing and like movies influencing he's like no 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 we predicted it i we predicted that this was going to reach a boiling point to where a man because of the crime rate out of control and the the flaws and the i'm very pro police nobody's more pro cop than me this is just we predicted a guy who just would take shit in his own hands we're not the cause of this. The portrayal of the police in this film might oh, no, no. beg to Not differ. in this film. Not in this film. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's just wait till we get yeah. further. Let's go towards the oh, end. Hey, hey, meanwhile, at the police station, <laughs> Kersey's roughed up by some detectives. They take him in for questioning, and the they, start, they start beating the shit out well, of him. Well, well, it doesn't make any sense. You drove through a fucking hellhole. There was literally gang, Three robberies roving gangs on the way. of thugs. The cops just drive. I mean, they're not. it's not like they're hiding they're no. literally roving on, in the middle of the road, and running they have around. marks on their foreheads, a la the cowboys. Well, they're beating the shit out of Kersey in the in the interrogation room, but they're stopped by Lieutenant Schreiker, who kicks them out of the room. Oh, by the way, Kersey's giving them an alias at this point. He's not telling them who he really is. My name is Kimball. Kimball. Well, he tells Kersey, "I know who you are. I used to work." I used to work when you were doing your vigilante thing. When they thing. brought you in. He has that, holy shit. It's you. My vigilante days are over. But I have a and gun. Then, 
And then the lieutenant starts kicking his ass. He starts beating the shit out of him. Finally, Kersey's like, you know what? And he kicks him in the balls You know, because he's handcuffed. Well, I I just like this. (laughs) I like you. <laughs> You're my kind of guy, Cursey. Well, Cursey fights boom. back. Who wouldn't? Because he's at this Just point. At this point, he's going to be killed by cops if yeah. he doesn't do something. Uh, and the next thing we know, he's being thrown in a jail cell, and uh, Schreiker says, "No bail. We're keeping him forever." I'm right. certain that's not how the law works. Well, naturally, Cursey, <laughs> uh, surrounded no. by surrounded by thugs, a big tattooed guy. Back when tattoos meant. You're a troublemaker, not everybody. Filthy, dirty troublemaker. Uh, promptly tries to jump Cursey in a really pathetic way. Like, <laughs> Cursey <laughs> hits him in the balls and then takes his head and shoves it through the, like the jail that. bars. I like that. Ripping his ears off and like uh. blood streaming down his face. Uh, it's only about five seconds of action that he him fighting this guy, but then Bronson slumps down. He's exhausted. <laughs> Uh, It's worth me mentioning here, uh, the director, Michael Winner, would later recount how Bronson had certainly slowed down a step on this entry compared to the first uh, two. Early on in the shoot, he would often complain about how loud the gunshots were. And when asked to chase some bad guys, the actor told the director, my doctor insists that I do some warm-ups before I do any running. The director yelled at him in front of everyone, Charlie! You can't run. You can't fire guns. You got 38 muggers left to kill. How about we just set you up in a hot dog stand and you can food poison them all? To which he said that produced that wonderful little Charlie smile and Charlie sucked it up and did what he was supposed to do. Dude, he's 66 in this thing. I was about to say, I mean, I understand the director's frustration, but at the same time, he right, knew this, his age coming into it. I'm just it. saying, you read the script. This scene, all right, the guy takes a purse and runs that way. All right, Charlie, I need you to chase him. I've got to do my my warm-ups. But at the same time, you're talking about a guy who's 66. Like you said, the action scripts aren't coming in for him anymore. He's, he, trying to, he's trying to he earn a grateful paycheck. That he's grateful to have the gig. So, of course, he's going to say, oh, yes, I can do it. Your director should be like, eh. I need 10 minutes of calisthenics. All I could think of is, is it, uh, zombie is, zombie land. It's like, have you ever seen a lion warm up before he chases down a gazelle? I haven't seen that movie, but it's an apt. It's, yes. a, it's a good quote. It works. Um, well, the next morning, he wakes up in the cell, and some of his cellmates start pummeling the shit out of him again. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> led by the tall, pale, imposing gang leader known as Fraker. Bow. You won't get this dude confused with any other punks because he's chosen the highly unique hairdo known as the Hawkmo. The reverse mohawk. It's a Hawkmo. He's shaved a line straight down his middle of his hair, and then the sides are left to grow out just normal, blonde hairstyle. Well, you know what? I, what I, I love in this scene is like you know, there's the, there after you know, Cursey slams that dude's head through the uh, jail bars. He goes to sit down, and this guy's staring at him, just like he's giving him the eye. Give him the evil eye, yeah. But then I like it. You know, he said in the morning, apparently he's he just leans over. I want to move on that guy in the corner. And, like, everybody knows, like, this choreographed <laughs> dance, like, All right, I'm going to walk over casually. And, like, 
No, there's no casual about it. They just stand up and start beating the shit out of him. That shows you the gang leader, man. He's large and in charge. He's got that red stripe down the no, middle. No, no red stripe in prison. It's just the, oh, really? it's just the Huck Mo. Oh, he, doesn't, okay. he doesn't have the uh, the face paint in prison. <laughs> so it looks even more ridiculous. It's just it's just a stripe shaved down Bilba's head. <laughs> Uh, which I believe is a hawk mo. I'm not sure. Give me the, uh, I think, reverse mohawk. I think it's a hawk mo. Give me the number one down the center of my fan. <laughs> Thank you. I want to go a zero down the middle, and then let's just do finger length on the sides. <laughs> <laughs> would okay. you like some? Uh, you know, I doubt this guy. Would you like some product in your hair? I no. doubt this guy's going into good clips. <laughs> good clips. What, what the, the fuck? Uh, when Kersey punches Fraker back, oh boy, Fraker's not used to that. He can't believe it. Nobody lays their hands on him and his Ogmo. Just then, Fraker's lawyer shows up to bail him out, saving Kersey's skin. But before he leaves, Fraker tells Kersey, hey, watch the 6 p.m. news tonight. I'm going to kill an old lady, and that's on you for pissing me off. I do like that line. I think that that's a good villain line. Oh, it's a great villain line. Fraker here is played by Gavin O'Herlihy. Best known for Superman 3. He was Lotta Lane's drunk boyfriend. Yeah. And Never Say Never Again. He was the test subject. Yes. In the James Bond movie. Remember, like, something with his eyes. Batachi. Yeah. Uh, but he's a soft spot in my heart for no other reason than he is Dan O'Hurley's son. Cochran from Halloween 3, the madman mask maker. Yeah. And uh, the CEO of uh, Omni Consumer Products and, and Robocop. Robocop. So it's his, it's his boy. <laughs> and he's, he's good in this. Yeah. Uh, real quick, tell you, you're puffing like I gotta go to cigar quick because I see you're just like a mad, a madman. I'm not getting any transitions off of this thing. Is you might that- be smoking too fast. You're almost done. <laughs> <laughs> you smoked a Toro in ten minutes. Because it's a great tasting cigar. Okay, uh, well, as long as you're balancing that with a positive comment. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm burning it down because I am just puffing away at it. I'm retrohaling like the crap out of this because I am getting some complexity. I'm getting some mint on the on the back end. Cardamom. Is that cardamom? Is it minty? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Cardamom is minty. It's right? it's 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 a complex spice that goes all the way from gram to a hint of mint. I'm getting a lot of mint on the end of the retrohale. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, I'm getting that uh, roasted nuts. Oscar's like cardamom. What the fuck? <laughs> it's big in Honduras. <laughs> uh, I'm getting uh, just, uh, I'm still getting that light coffee balanced with the roasted nuts. You getting any, any of you guys getting the nuts? I am getting a little bit of a roast. I'm not sure what's being roasted, but there is you don't a know roast. If coffee or nuts, but right. something's getting roasted. Right. I, I'm definitely the coffee. Coffee. Yeah. Are you getting any of the cream? I'm getting a little bit of cream on the back of the palate. Something. I, I'm going to say just a hint. My stash says stuff. no. It's very tasty. Construction, yeah. I'm looking at you guys' cigars. Is, is no, that construction is spot on. Perfect draw. I mean, uh, I barely is... clipped the, the head. I'm getting a perfect draw. I mean, it's... Uh, ash isn't hanging on for too long. No. I but mean... that's... Who cares? Um, great burn line. Uh, I'm, I'm Construction is... Spot on for me, um, man. I, I, I'm I'm getting some cool flavors that I don't normally. That's why when you said it, not a lot of complexity. I, I that mint to me, mixed. but it's. I guess to me because I, I've I've gone mentally to this one spice, and I don't think there's complexity with that. But cardamom is a complex spice in and of itself. You're a contradiction of yourself. 
sort of. Well, I I was trying to go Gordon Ramsay all of a sudden, but the I, cigar I is not complex. But all I'm getting is this complex spice off of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, when I mean complex, there's not a lot of transitions to it. I'm just, I'm, I'm getting that. I think between the coffee, cre- the nuts, and the the creaminess on the palate, mixed with the the little bit of of the, like you said, the white pepper, the kind of light, enjoyable spice, and that yeah. mint, that minty kind of r- different taste. Man, it's something new bringing to the table. And I also appreciate that it's an easy retro hail. Uh, it's it's tasty not a, retro. Hell. It's not a struggle to retro hell this thing. As a matter of fact, you just kind of want to. I'm in. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying the red. Out the nose, out the mouth. It's coming out good either way. Yeah, that's what she said. Uh, beer still treating you guys good. It is very. Um, much so. I'm still getting just that that kind of uh, chocolate. That's one note. Cola. I, I just keep going back. It's got like a. Uh, well, they did say it's it's a sweetness within I guess the, maybe the, the, the cocoa and the coffee. It's uh, not just it's called molasses. Well, they didn't say anything about molasses. The cigar oh, wait, the said cigar. something about molasses. I'm but, not getting any molasses on the. But they did that said that was the one of the two strong ones. A semi sweet cocoa and chalk in in coffee. Maybe it's a it's a sweetness I'm associate with like a, a you know just a coke or an a, RC a, cola. An RC cola. The cola, cola of kings, the royal crown. It's not the same as Coke. It's not the same as Coke. Isn't it, though? No. Yeah. I like RC Cola. If I wanted I grew RC up drinking cola, nothing I would have ordered an RC Cola. Brush my teeth with it as a young man. I'm fairly certain that's not healthy. Now you tell me. Yeah. About 30 years too late, my friend. Now you did. Now you did. After getting a dismal report on the city's growing crime wave from his seemingly useless underlings, Lieutenant Schreiker pulls Kersey into his office. He tells Kersey that he's actually a big fan of his work, so much so he's kept a file on Paul all these years, and he has a hunch that after he shot those five douchebags in L.A. that killed his daughter, Kersey then traveled around the country blowing away other criminals in Kansas City and so on and so on. Man, what an epic flip-flop. This guy was just beating Kersey's ass I hate you. I'm a big fan. Uh, come work for me. What the hell? I want to be I've changed you. my mind. He was literally punching him in the gut yesterday. Uh, I would do something oh, about yeah, the- and completely like destroy shitting on his civil rights. Yes, holding him without bail, throw him away holding forever him without an arrest. Or but then he sees his crime rates and his job in jeopardy. He's like, all right, bring him out. <laughs> Anywho, he tells Kersey, I would do something about all this crime, but I'm a cop. <laughs> I can't. My hands are tied by the law. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, maybe it's that giant bottle of whiskey in your desk drawer that you keep pulling out and sipping on all the time. I can't figure out why I can't solve this crime wave. Oh, TNCC style. You can't figure out why you can't solve stuff? All my problems aren't going away. Help me, problem juice. Anywho. He tells Kersey that he's setting him loose to deliver his unique brand of vigilante justice in Brooklyn. He tells Kersey to just do your thing and report to me what your plans are so once in a while the cops can get a few busts out of it. Uh, Schreiker will also keep the media out of the picture by telling them it's just gang-on-gang violence, which nobody really cares about. Or they could just send out their cops to like arrest guys with red lines on their forehead. Again? Again? <laughs> It's kind of like 
It's kind of like the scene in uh, Tombstone. It's like, them there are the cowboys. You can tell by the red sash that they're wearing. You know that they're a gang. You know that they're, they're, they're right there. You can go arrest them right now. Excuse me, sir. You have a red line down the middle of your forehead. Are you? No. <laughs> had to ask. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, had to ask. I'm so sorry. Uh, he hands Kersey his gun back. I didn't see a gun when you came in here. And he's off to deliver some new death wishes. Is that what John Cena does oh, thought, to those sick kids did, in the I hospital? He didn't say, I thought he didn't give him his gun back. No, he does. He was like, uh, no, he does. Guns are illegal. No, he does. He's like, oh, I didn't see you come in with a gun. He's like, oh, okay, guns are illegal. Yeah, all right. Hey, so Charlie's off to deliver new death wishes. What are you about to say about Cena? Is that what John Cena does to those sick kids in the hospital? What? Those death wishes? Yes, actually they are. That's no, make-a-wish. It's make-a-wish. That's different. thought it was the same thing. No, it isn't. No, he's making wishes. Their wish to come true. He's not yes. delivering death wishes. But what does make a wish do? They they grant wishes of sick kids. To terminally ill kids. Oh, I don't think they're terminally ill, are they? Yeah. They're not death wishes. Technically, it's... So it is the same thing. Okay. Well, John, I, John yeah. Cena is Bronson. I heard you had a death wish. <laughs> now I'm here. I mean, it's sad, but I think that technically that's they serve terminally ill kids. Oh, yes. Can we go back to the movie? Because now I'm about to cry. Please. John Cena, you're a saint. He is. He is. He's a saint. He's a good man. By all accounts, he's a good man. Do you think the TNCC will ever be asked to host the Kids' Choice Awards on Nickelodeon? <laughs> <sighs> Not with this stash. Next up, the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Nothing gay about that. <laughs> oh, drink some more politically correct juice. What's the uh, juice on the on like the second episode of Black Mirror? The Obey juice. I know. I think they literally called it the Obey juice. I need some of that. Okay, uh, that's enough about sick kids. I don't know how we got off on that, Tut. What? Um, I had a little funny joke about Bronson going out to deliver more death wishes. Hey, isn't that like what John Cena does? It's supposed to be big. I think that is what he does. I think John Cena is delivering death wishes. You totally blew the whole gag, you asshole. Do your little Bree song and get us out of here. You can dance if you want to. <laughs> He did a little Bella song one time on the show that was <laughs> was very uplifting. I, I was humming it for days. <laughs> I think that is. You can dance in water. I feel better, don't you? <laughs> uh, I wish it was it? dead. You can dance if you... <laughs> I don't remember. Wait, you that's the safety dance. You can look that's with the safety <laughs> dance. <laughs> oh, he's just singing the safety dance? You can leave your friends behind. It's you look, you can look, but you can't touch. You can look, but you can't touch. No, that's not how it goes. All right, right, moving on. (laughs) Well, Fraker, remember him with the the gang leader? now he's back. With the Hawkmo. He's rejoined his gang. Which, which, by the way, he promptly slices the throat of the guy guy who stepped in 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 his place to run the thing. Hey, thanks for stepping in for me. I was running it like you said he's, He's coming back, okay? He's coming back from prison. But somewhere before, when he left prison, before he got back to the gang hideout, 
he was apparently supplied makeup to reapply <laughs> oh, the no. red line in the cab ride when he. But here's the thing: unlike the other guys, the underlings, they just have the red line down their forehead. He has the red line <laughs> through his hawkmo all the way to the back of his head. And I'm like, so where did he get the makeup? Did like the lawyer give it to him? Like, here's your special kit. Well, it's game like, leader. No, well, when, when, when you they, get out of prison, when they you process get, you. Yeah, you, you get, get the envelope get, of you your get, belongings. I'm sure he got his makeup back. And, yeah, he got like a lipstick so, tube and went. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Is that the red number five? I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. But apparently, that like, was Tud style. Maybelline. I mean, as soon as he walks out, man, you know, it's like he's ready. He's ready. He's back. Uniforms on. Well, Kersey walks out around the same time, and uh, a young, attractive public defender tries to chase him down. She can't believe he's not suing the city for the way he's been treated, held without bail. I'm, I'm not interested. <laughs> you have a great case. You've been treated so unjustly. Not going to sue. Leave me alone. <laughs> I've got to go out and I love kill people. But dude, totally, <laughs> totally just blows her off. He's only interested in one thing, shooting people. My friend was killed. He doesn't say that to her, by the now way. Now I'm going I've got to go, go shoot people. <laughs> I've got a date with shooting people. Well, he walks the streets. He goes he, straight into the war zone, walking the streets at a very slow pace, hand in his pockets, as every conceivable crime has been committed <laughs> around him. They're fighting. Chicks are getting raped in the streets. Robberies. It reminded me of that time the TNCC opened up for the insane clown posse that one time. Remember that? That, you know, that didn't For happen. you Game of Thrones nerds, it is the Dothraki wedding orgy. On Main Street. On Main Street. On Main Street. Uh, but seriously, was New York City ever like this? I don't think so. Not to this bad, but in the 70s, it actually was pretty damn bad. Not <laughs> this bad. No, it wasn't Warzone Beirut bad. And this, I'm sorry, the, the, this the is excuse a, this everybody is like, gives, well, why would you live here? I've got nowhere else to go. Anywhere but here? <laughs> Go live on the fucking lake. A van down by like, the river is safer than your the neighborhood. Woods. <laughs> Get a tent and live in the woods. At least you'll be alive. <laughs> you dumbasses. I don't want to leave the, the protection of the city. This is... There is no protection of you the city. You literally can't go to 7-Eleven and get a Slurpee without getting stabbed or raped. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, this, is, is, this is not actually New York City. They're filming that. Do you know where they filmed this movie? This See, is all, I would, this I would, is, I would this say Detroit. This is all London. Salt Lake City. This is all London, England. They did a good job. They did a phenomenal job. Yeah. They shot like two weeks in New York City, and then everything else, eight weeks, was in uh, London, which is really impressive. Uh, where in London? Manchester. The, the bad part. <laughs> uh, no, you're not Brixton. As in Brixton Mash? As in Brixton Mash story. There's a lot of, uh, apparently, actually, a lot of real gang activity that kind of they were having to keep an eye on. And they actually used a lot of extras there. That's why you don't hear a lot of the gang members talk. Because they all have British accents. Well, that's interesting because then Brixton. Because remember our JD interview? Mm -hmm. He said there's a lot of parallels between Brixton and Brooklyn. And at the time in the 70s, Brooklyn was not a safe place. Well, we're now, you guys totally bought Brixton as Brooklyn. Yeah, so GD was right. I, I totally did. GD yeah. was right. Well, within minutes, Kersey chases down one gang member uh, and interrupts the assault on a poor lady by Hermosa. Little, uh, was it Bill or Ted from Bill and Ted's Excellent Journey? 
He was Bill, right? Yeah, Bill S. No, or is it Ted Esquire? No, I think, Bill Esquire. I think he was Bill. Yeah, yeah. he was Bill. Uh, Bill's trying. He's on the hood of this lady's car. She drives around trying to. I'm gonna rape you, bitch. Well, uh, Bronson. That's not what Bill's Bronson supposed to comes, say. Bronson comes out of the darkness with a tire iron and beats the shit out of him. Uh, an old man watches all of Bronson uh, <laughs> wild stallions. Uh, an old man watches all this going down. He notices there's a new guy in town doing some stuff, Cursey, uh, and he whistles and calls Cursey over. The friendliest guy's name is Bennett, and it turns out he was Charlie's neighbor, uh, Bronson's friend who called him. Called him, and there. he did. He did see uh, uh, Cursey get hauled off to jail. Correct. Uh, he was Charlie's neighbor and an old World War II buddy of, of Charlie's. Of course, he couldn't come out and tell the cops that the guy just got there. And no, no, he stayed put to that. <laughs> hey, like you said, you don't want to make waves. Uh, boy, this I forget the guy's actor's name, but he's been in so much. He was in Psycho, for God's sake. He was the detective in Psycho. Yeah. I felt bad for him. Like now you're in, like this is how you end your career in this fucking thing. Hey, it's a check. He fills Cursey uh, in on the lay of the land and gives him the keys to Charlie's apartment. It's been paid for till the end of the month. Uh, I wonder what that rent goes for. Two dollars. Uh, actually, it was two dollars while Charlie was there, but now that it's not rent controlled for after his death, it was probably about a good nine hundred. Hipst- no, the hipsters come in as twenty four hundred dollars. <laughs> all right, but I, there's a chance I'll be killed within a day. All right, I'll pay it. It's all right. Yeah, it's got two rooms. We've got a Starbucks going in <laughs> on the corner. A Chipotle? All right, I'm in. <laughs> uh, so Cursey now has an apartment. He's going to stay at Charlie's place. Cursey makes a quick phone call. Uh, and he's very pleased by the, whoever he's talking to on the other end. And he hangs up the phone and he tells Bennett, my friend Wildy's coming for a visit. You just take it easy, Bennett. This is my problem now. Wildy. 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 Wildy's coming for a visit. Everything's going to be fine. Well, next stop for Cursey is a used car lot where he buys a new sedan. <laughs> Where's he getting his money? He's not doing architect work he's anymore. He's paying cash. He's paying cash for everyone. Well, from I'm the sure, victims. like after he like shoots these guys, he's I would have like, liked. I would have pockets. liked to see him like shoot bad guys and take their money. Batman style. Batman's a billionaire. He isn't Punisher style. Batman's, yeah, Punisher. Did Punisher take money? Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think that. Okay. You would see him Punisher okay. take things. That'd be weird if Batman did it. <laughs> You're a billionaire for God's sake. <laughs> At least have Boy Wonder do it. Uh, Blue Wonder, do well, your job. He parks the car right outside the apartment building. Uh, seemingly illogical move. A confused Bennett, who's just hanging out outside, asks, uh, what's with the car? It's bait. <laughs> Later that evening, as Kersey and Bennett enjoy a lovely dinner in the building with an elderly Jewish couple, Kersey basically invites himself to dinner. Uh, I noticed something smelled good Bennett, on the first floor. Said, Bennett, take me to where those appetizing smells are emitting from. Uh, it's probably, Would you like to join us? In, in, it's a nice older yes. Jewish couple. Would you like to join us for dinner? Yes, let me go change. And he comes back with like a full three, Do you mind you know, if I get cleaned up? Three piece suit. suit. Well, he totally barged that dinner party. Uh, more on that later. Paul politely excuses himself from the table when they hear the car windows smashing outside. Excuse and he me. strolls outside very casually and to confront the two gang members. Hey, what's the problem? He calmly asks. Huh? 
get the fuck out of my face. One of the gang says as he, as he ripped the radio out of the dashboard. He's inspecting it. The car. I said, what's the problem? We're stealing it, asshole. What's it to you? It's my car. <laughs> this whole scene. I know. Well, now you're going to die, the punks tell him as they whip out their switchblades. But Kersey whips out something, too. Todd, get your head out of the gutter. Not that. He whips out a gun. Oh, oh, oh. And he shoots them both point blank in the chest, killing their asses. And then he goes back inside and finishes supper. Which I gotta ask the question. Also, besides the apocalyptic landscape, <laughs> apparently it's just being littered with dead bodies and no one's questioning it. Trash days tomorrow. They'll pick him up. <laughs> hey. Laundry day? Nothing clean. <laughs> he sent a message, boys. He sent a message. Yeah, he's... There's a guy that's going to go around killing everybody. It's pretty obvious. I'm not into subtlety. The next morning after beating up a thug trying to rob some of his new neighbors while they left the grocery store, Kersey's pointed out to Fraker as the new troublemaker on turf. And Fraker recognized him from the jail cell and he vows to take care of him. Which apparently only entails him making a crank call to Kersey up in the apartment. I know who you are and I'm going to get you. And he hangs up. That's your crime boss? (laughs) I'm telling you, you better get out of here. Who is this? I gotta go. Good move, boss. He's uh, he's scared. He made a crank call. <laughs> I, I, it's, it, it just doesn't make much sense because you just walked into the gang after prison, stabbed the second, sliced in- the guy's neck, but now you're like, <laughs> leave. Is your refrigerator <laughs> running? I was just about to do that. Do you is have Prince Albert in a can? Uh, there's a funny moment after. Uh, after he punched that robber out outside the grocery store, there's this, this little black kid, probably about 10 years old, that looks at Kersey's like, yeah, and he gives him a fist bump. Or he gives a fist at, like, pump up in the air, and Kersey looks at him and smiles like, I don't know why, but I laughed so hard at that little <laughs> fist pump from it's, Charles Bronson. It's Bronson. It's 66 years old. But Bronson I think that's, being down I think that's why Charles Bronson was still in movies. Those little moments, like, that was awesome. Uh, actually, Michael Dudikoff couldn't pull off that little I think, smile. Yeah, and I think smile. you're, I think you're dead right on that because it just brought a smile to my face. Bronson is so stoic. The minute he shows any kind when of there's emotion, anything, you're like, oh, there it is, there it, it is. It made he smiled and it made me smile. Yeah, yeah. You know what else brings a smile to my face, boys? What's it that? Make, it makes me pump my fist in the air. Right on. Liga Underground Coronetta Tins from Drew Estate. Oh. These 4x32 short smokes are perfect for this time of year. Still get a little chilly here in the evenings. Uh, Liga Underground Cigars are a Liga Pravada created by Drew Estate's Torcideros for their own personal enjoyment. Their unique Mexican Odapon Negro Ultimo Corte wrapper harvest is delayed over four weeks, resulting in a higher natural sugar content and a richer, creamier flavor i love the undercrown i can vouch for that add the brazilian matafina and nicaraguan long fillers t52 connecticut stock cut and cured habano binder and you've got a smoke that's lush smooth sweet and so marvelously complex you'll definitely want more Mm, mm, mm. so what are you waiting for order yourself a handful of tins today like right now do it you punk now you have time now you can do it. Now you can do it. 
the next day, as Kersey's taking a walk in the neighborhood, he witnesses an elderly black woman successfully fighting off a would-be mugger, slapping him and hitting him with a purse. The tides are turning, boys. Kersey's making a difference. He's making a difference. He's inspiring these people to stand up for themselves. And you know who else he's inspired somehow? Remember that attractive young blonde public defender from the beginning of the film? At least I think she's attractive. It's hard to tell behind those thick, huge eyeglasses she wears. Those things cover like her entire face. Uh, well, her name is Catherine Davis. Uh, she's the public defender that tried to get him to sue the city, and he refused. Uh, maybe it was like 20 minutes ago. Uh, she somehow tracked Kersey down to this ghetto. How, I don't know. She's taken a cab into the hellhole just to invite him over to her place for dinner Friday night. Seems legit. I just, no, 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 seriously, seriously, how is this anything this that is, would ever happen? This is the most ridiculous thing. But he, he's not surprised at all. I do uh, this a lot. All right, I'll be there. <laughs> I'll stop and pick up a bottle of wine. <laughs> I'll bring dessert. My penis. <laughs> this this uh, I, I'll say it again later this subplot with this chick makes so no sense no. it doesn't it, it how anyone looked at the script and was like I think this girl's really well developed I really believe he this, needs, the progression of this who relationship the, who thinks in this one I forgot all about he, her she was a nothing this he, is a this is he, a, need, he needs a love interest exactly this is a straight up he does he needs demographic a, let's formula it's kind of like the Vietnamese girl with Rambo that movie could have been just fine without a love interest, but they had to add that little something on the, on, on the boat. You know, uh, well, you statistics know, show that we might get the women to sit through this 98 body count movie uh, if you, we have you, a love interest. You really think women are really dying to see a Charlie Bronson <laughs> love scene? Uh, 66-year-old Charles Bronson? Yes, they are. Hey, babe, I know you don't have any of this film, but I hear there's a love scene with Charlie Bronson. I won't do it unless there's a love scene. (laughs) Exactly. He was actually in a really rough place during this film. Uh, His wife, Joe Ireland, the actress, was uh, really struggling with cancer. Um, She would, I'm not sure, she would die soon after this, but he was in London with his two daughters and his wife. She was really sick. He was apparently, which you can kind of tell if you, in retrospect, really not feeling good on this entire shoot. Probably because he's 66 years old, being forced to do, like, young man action stuff. But uh, this love stuff just is ridiculous. And whatever executives, like, I think we'd sell more tickets if we showed Charlie Bronson kiss a, a girl 30 years younger than him. It made no sense. It made Absolutely no sense. not. I'll get... I'll. I'm sure I'll bring that up again. Uh, Tut, you are uh, starting your final third of the cigar. Yax, you're actually blazing through this thing pretty good. You're well over halfway done. I have got Uh, a little bit left. Anything new? The first cigar of the night before the show I smoked for photographs, I noticed a a bit of a change in the second half. Are you guys getting anything new in the final third? I'm getting far more of the nuttiness coming in on that final third. Uh, That's what she said. It's really, really nice. I still got that nice, pleasant spiciness going on. Uh, the on nut, the retro hill, the uh, the roasted nuts uh, oh, yeah. come through a lot more in this final third. Uh, they kind of blow out the coffee that was kind of there. For me, it's just uh, kind of like an almond 
uh, an alm- roasted almonds with a creamy back note, yeah. and then that spice and that what is this? Uh, the cardamom. Cardamom on the retro. It's unique. It's a unique. <laughs> I have to go taste cardamom. It's when a unique. It's, it's a unique. Like, it's, oh, this is nothing like this. You have some at your house? Yes. Fucking Tut Ramsey over here. Uh, he's got the Apu mustache now. He's doing Indian food at home. Uh, Pleased to be making your cardamom. Am I allowed to say that? I, I am I in some kind of trouble now? Yes. I think so. Now you did. You know, maybe I should just talk to my attorney. Um, it's unique. It, it, it's the especially this last third is it's given me something I haven't really gotten a cigar in a while. I like it a lot. Price point or too early? Not bad for a car driver. Bus driver. Price point? Uh, Too soon? No. Well, I'm, I think we, we all have. If we a, don't do it now, I'm. We've all got a ways, a little bit of ways to go. But uh, I'll start with you this time. Tut. I will go. Ten twenty-five. Ten twenty-five. Ten twenty-five. Raise the music just a little bit, Tut. I think it's. I think it's a nine fifty. There we go. Nine fifty, ten twenty-five, eighteen seventy-five. No, both horribly wrong. Oh my god! Really? Uh, MSRP. I I tried to get clarification on this. Uh, best I could tell is eight dollars and fifty cents. No. Well, yes. Uh, boxes of twenty can be found over at our friends at Famous Smoke Shop for one fifty-three nine nine. That brings it down to about seven sixty-nine a stick. So uh, I'm going to go with that 850, which I'm very comfortable at for this year. Yeah. I am going to send out a message to somebody and double check that. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Might even be high, but I guarantee you it's not higher than 850. You like that, don't you? Hey, do. Tut really likes that. Which one is this? Me. This is the 20, 2012 Corojo. I feel like Corojo. Bring forth like an abacus to like work this <laughs> out somehow. Like, uh, I think it's a bargain at eight fifty. It uh, is. It's going to be it's, a good. It's going to be a good hour and a half smoke. Hour and a half smoke uh, with lots of unique flavor. Um, a little bit of transitions going from the coffee to the chocolate or not, coffee to the nuts to the the mint to the. The creaminess, uh, man, I really like it. I, I do like it better than the. I enjoyed the Connecticut 2012 we did last year. Yes, uh, it was just a really nice Connecticut, but this actually has some personality to it. Um, I like it. Tut agree. I I do like it. Uh, the, it does have some personality to it's unique. it. Unique. Now it's. Uh, I like the fact that you know, especially catching that roasted peanuts on the on the back end. I I really appreciated that. And it, and. Agreed. It's it's and at eight fifty. That's that's a really good deal for this kind of smoke on that kind of price value. I'm all go. over it. Uh, and I think it's going great with the beer. The beer's a I, little bit heavier than maybe I would, but I don't want to give it something so similar to it. I like this beer because it is dark. It does have a, a richer flavor, but it's very low IBU. So there's no bitterness there. It's 30, 25, 30 IBU. Yeah, and the chocolate's not a heavy, heavy Right. So with this chocolate. cigar at its strength level, with its with the flavor yeah. profile. Yeah. How do you spell Corojo? C-R-O-O-J-O. Nailed it. It's a lot of O's. 
an RJ something. Carojo. Um, all right. Well, we'll see. I couldn't get an answer on MSRP. I, I know that when I was given these, when I acquired these cigars, MSRP was eight fifty. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine they would go up. And obviously, a famous buy a box are about seven dollars and change a stick. Um, so we'll see. If it's vastly different, I'll I'll let you know. Uh, when Kersey gets back to the apartment building, uh, from his uh, encounter with Catherine, he learns that some crooked cops have confiscated the Jewish family's firearm, and as soon as the cops left, Fraker's gang broke in and stole their television set. Kersey, you don't need guns, you just need your brains. He constructs a booby trap for them. Remember, he was an architect. He's got some smarts. <laughs> Where the next time somebody climbs in their window, a board will spring up from the floor and smack them in the face with two nails sticking out. Withinning the herd, he tells them. Uh, What's that going to do? I mean, he, I'm going to kill them. <laughs> well, that night, after Kersey once again invites himself over to dinner at their apartment... <laughs> I couldn't help but notice the enticing aroma coming from your apartment. Once again, it smells delicious. Uh, would you like to join us, Paul? If you insist. Well, You're already sitting at the table. <laughs> You've already sat down, Paul. It's, <laughs> it's got a foregone conclusion. Uh, more I didn't wine? put on my fancy suit for nothing. Uh, well, they barely sat down to dinner when they hear a scream coming from the back bedroom, and they rush in to discover that the trap worked. As there's two front teeth stuck in the board, well, I like Can you how they imagine ha- living in a place where pretty much every minute you have to worry about some dude crawling in your window. Crawling windows. in your window, which this is what also gets me in this kind of neighborhood. Why there are no bars on any windows anywhere? Well, they don't have AC. They need a breeze. And also, what I can't figure out yeah. is why you don't. Yes, sir, you can see everything else, but why were there no window trucks? Because they're constantly having to repair windows. <laughs> That's the business to be into. Hey, what was that uh, MSRP? Eight fifty. You're right. Eight forty nine. From our friends at Smokers Abbey in Austin. Uh, Eight forty nine, and I'm right. They were that quick to respond, huh? They were that quick. If you're looking for a, a pretty cool new place in the Austin area to smoke. Uh, they helped us out. I'll help them out. Smokers Abbey. Uh, Tud is a regular there. They've got a brewery right down the street. Redhorn. Uh, they carry a lot of our uh, go-to brands. Southern Draw, Black Label. Um, very, very tasty. And Oscar. And Oscar. So uh, go check out Smokers Abbey. Well, the next day when Paul's unable to chase down a mugger, he's, he's old. Well, yeah, but the other uh. young guy can't. Keep no, up yeah, either. he can't help either. Uh, Rodriguez, I believe, is the other yes. guy's name. Uh, Bennett asks, "Hey, when's your friend Wildy coming to show up? Will he really be able to help us as much as you say he can?" Yes. Well, a few hours later, a package arrives. Uh, Wildy arrives in the form of a package, and in that package is a large wooden box, and in that wooden box is a very large pistol. Only it ain't just an ordinary-looking pistol, now is it? No, it is not. Kersey's gun in this movie is just fucking ridiculous. It's a Wildy 475, designed by, like, 360, 357? This is a 475, designed by a guy named 
Waldy J. Moore, who owned a weapons factory in Connecticut. He described the... Is it Wildy or Wildy? That was Wildy. Wildy. Okay, I'm sorry. Wildy. He described the elephant gun's impact as this. It's like having a 1,400-pound bullet dropped on you from the top of a skyscraper. The only problem is Wildy uses special gigantic bullets, but of course, Kersey's dead friend Charlie has the equipment in his apartment necessary to make the bullets from scratch, so they're covered. Well, I'm looking at I'm looking at these bullets, and I'm saying you're going. That this is old literally guy has like everything in his apartment. Each bullet looks like it costs about fifteen dollars a piece. <laughs> these punks, they're costing me too much money. No, nothing's well, too good for our special friends. Well, in the Wildy case, there was two bullets. Like, you're never going to need more than this. <laughs> Wrong. I need a thousand. Well, you know, but, but hey, guess what? Charlie has an ammunition, ammunition press. Ammunition press. Well, you, you know what? I'm, I'm going to save it. Is it, it because really it, that simple? You just tap some gunpowder into a casing and roll it up into the press, and there you go. Roughly, yeah. He does do. He does do it correctly. Measures it, weighs it to make sure that it's the right amount. Puts it in. Puts thing on top. Goes through a little motion to to stamp in. Put the actual bullet into the shell. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool little scene where he's making the bullets. Yeah. It's just, I can't believe that Charlie... Okay, don't tell my wife, so when I make my uh, blacksmith man land, I'm going to have an ammunition I'm just wondering there. how much shit exactly Charlie stole from the military. Because <laughs> we're going to learn that Charlie took a lot home from the war with him. Yeah. Uh, remember that And his... there was no, like, no officer there saying, Charlie, no. we, we can't let you do this. Remember uh, the Hispanic tenant, I guess Rodriguez's wife, who was almost raped by Hermosa earlier in the film before Kersey beat his ass with the tire iron? Well, she's leaving the supermarket late at night by herself. Why would anybody do that in this neighborhood? I'm sorry. It's her husband. The sun goes down. No, no, you're inside. inside. It's kind of like a, what is that? I I know you don't watch. You didn't watch it because it has Will Smith. But uh, I am Legend. Yes, dude. When that sun sets, you get your ass inside and you bar those windows. Well, no, you don't even like. You know what? I've got thirty minutes to spare. No, (laughs) I'm going to be inside like four hours. (laughs) Well, Fraker and uh, his men, as she's getting into her car, they kidnap her, they rape her, and ultimately they kill her. Was she the one from Star Trek? Yes, Marina Sirtis. She was uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Counselor Troy. What? That was her. Did you not recognize her? I did not recognize her. Oh, my God. Yes. Counselor Troy. I've watched like every single freaking episode, and I never made that correlation. Yeah. That's totally her. You get to see her boobies. Totally did. You're going to go back and watch it again? (laughs) You're all, wait a minute, 48-hour rental? Tonight is, okay. (laughs) I know what I'm doing over breakfast. (laughs) Counselor Troy. It's only for, uh, two, uh, sec- it's only for two, two seconds. I'm Rewind. sensing a lot of Rewind. confusion. <laughs> well, Kersey, of course, time to make some bullets. He didn't say that, but how funny would that be? Like, time to make the bullets. And I, I'm, I'm wondering, it's like, at this point, it's like... Is, was time Ker- to make the bullets. He, he was an architect, but he must have been a damn good architect, because he literally has like $8,000 worth of bullets. <laughs> like, just you make a lot of money in architecture. I mean... I'm looking at that gun. I'm sitting there looking at those bullets. This is, yeah, it's a 1985. Where did he learn to it's, do this? This isn't a 50 cent bullet. He was a pacifist. He told, he tells Bennett, he, met, he met Charlie during the Korean War. I was a conscientious, 
what's it called? A, a conscientious, conscientious objector. objector. Conscientious objector, if you can imagine that. You, the man who's killed more than... Yes. How you, the man who's there's making a, his own a, bullets in my living room? Yes. There's a guy breaking into the window. Now he's dead. You're not objecting to that. Well, as soon as darkness settles in the next night, Kersey throws an expensive Nikon camera over his shoulder and heads out to buy an ice cream bar. As he strolls down the street eating his ice cream, one of Fraker's main men known as the Giggler, <laughs> who's the same punk that Kersey got winded trying to chase after he snatched a purse the other oh, day. Oh, the Giggler. Well, he runs up behind Kersey, grabs the camera, and takes off, giggling all the way. That's why they call him the Giggler. <laughs> He's just a giggling fool. Go see my smash hit new well, film, Giggle All the Way. Kersey doesn't have to run anymore. Wild Wildy does the running for him. Kersey pulls out the elephant pistol, aims, and shoots a hole through Giggler the size of a chicken pot pie. <laughs> oh my god, dude. This hole in this guy's chest. Uh, the neighborhood comes alive, erupting in cheers. They've all been ripped yeah. off. The Giggler's stolen all their shit over the years. But once again, I'm sitting here... Qu- because it's literally like everybody is hanging out of their fucking window like cheering well they're all just like sitting around going this neighborhood sucks hey that dude just killed the giggler yeah (laughs) fuck yeah man that's what we need is someone to take care of this shit (laughs) you know I have to say it now later on you're going to just see something that just infuriates me beyond all belief Everybody has a fucking gun. Oh yeah, no. All right, hold up, hold up. Yeah, we'll get up. to that. They just didn't want to make the first move. Oh. Was well, as Kersey calmly walks off, they're all cheering their asses off. He's probably going to go back to that Jewish people's house to get a late night snack. <laughs> well, I think I think he was going I back because he dropped something good ice here. cream. I need I, a new ice cream. I couldn't help but smell something. We're sleeping, Paul. <laughs> Maybe whip something up for me. Uh, I did just take out the giggler. <laughs> You know what else makes for a tasty late night snack, boys? What? Acid crushed tins from our friends at Drew Estate. Go on. Uh, all acid cigars are carefully handcrafted using some of the world's finest tobaccos, with more than 140 herbs, botanicals, and other essential oils to get their unique aroma and flavor. Experiencing acid cigars is the only way to truly understand them. Uh, similar to all Drew Estate cigars, their construction is flawless since they are rolled in Sumatra, Maduro, Connecticut, and African wrappers. Head on over to your favorite cigar retailer now and grab a tin of five acid crushes and let us know what you think. All right. So and, you're saying it's like... And now you're having a happy smoking experience. <laughs> so so it's kind of like Papa Frida's in a tin except with acid. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I think Papa's Freeze might be a little bigger. Yeah. I think these are all 4x32. I think uh, Papa's Freeze might be a little bigger. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, but I will say I have personally ordered a tin of the Undercrown um, from Drew Estate, and I will be sampling them soon. So hopefully I'll yeah, be yeah. able to contribute something to the conversation. Uh, so the next day... Uh, well, the cops are all congratulating themselves on the decrease in crime and how many less complaints they've been receiving from the neighborhood. It's all good. Our efforts are really been- Our efforts to improve communication within the community must really be working, Lieutenant. Don't peck yourself on the back, idiot. Dude, you- Lieutenant uh, Schreiker has no... He hates cops, and he is a cop. 
You morons. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah, this guy really loves cops, this director. Uh, He's wondering to be making smart-ass comments. It's almost like they got someone else to do your job yeah, for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, the only thing is, this guy can aim and shoot. <laughs> well, Kersey's arriving at... I just at wonder, like, berate Kowalski. <laughs> yes, sir, you suck. <laughs> well, they totally would be named Kowalski. Uh, well, they're patting themselves on the back. Kersey's arriving over at Catherine's Ooh. apartment for a chicken dinner and some scotch. Is that what we're calling oh, it? Yeah. Chicken dinner? <laughs> it's not matzo balls, but I'll eat it, I suppose. He loves Jewish food. He does. Well, that's all he's been eating. <laughs> yeah, because he barges into their apartment every night. Uh, she's clearly infatuated with Kersey, despite their 30-year age difference and her knowing absolutely nothing about him. It's the mustache. Some, something strikes me about you. What could it be? He asks, the mustache. do you like your job defending criminals? And she says the right things. You know, I feel like I'm making a difference. There's a lot of good people out there. Before suddenly she snaps and starts yelling, <laughs> people have to start fighting back, damn it. Things are so out of balance. You would think she would be a prosecutor. Well, first, of all, first of all, that's sweet music to Kersey's ears. Things are out of balance. People do need to start fighting back. I am. And you're fucking crazy. She, she was so calm a minute ago. Yeah, I'm content with my life. I really like it here, Paul. It, it, you know, I, I kind of live in a quirky little neighborhood and things are going good. <gasps> then she just goes crazy. Uh, it's a ridiculous scene. Every moment with this chick is ridiculous. Her character has bad dialogue, nonsensical motivations. And there's, horrible music. There's zero oh, horrible love music. <laughs> if There's zero reason for her to be in this movie, but ah, fuck it. Let's do the uh, Mullet Beach Australian thing. Ah, fuck, uh, yeah, it. fuck it. Kersey gives her a quick peck on the lips. And whenever they do that, they go to a really uncomfortable mustache close-up <laughs> of just his lips close. Did you notice that? They mustache, punch into this little... Mustache is, it, is it him? Oh, it's him. Bring in the stunt mustache. Stunt no, there's no stunt stash. Uh, and then he retires for the evening. He calls it a night. She's like, can't you stay? Please, I've got to, I've please make to love to me, old, craggly old man I know nothing about. I've got to go kill people. I mean, no, I've, I've got, got to I've go got to retire for my... the evening. Well, he doesn't really call it a night, does he? <laughs> uh, when he gets back to his apartment, Fraker and his gang lure him outside. And soon there's a pretty intense shootout and chasing. Kersey uh, loses Wilby in the action. And he's forced to use his hands and some steel pipes to deliver street justice. He Which gets, he does. Just, he just murders them. He gets just straight well, up like... He gets stabbed. I don't need a gun to kill people. Dude, he gets oh. stabbed in the side. But hey, this one, he's smart. He's wearing a bulletproof vest. He just pulls the knives out. Uh, and when a punk makes the mistake of following Kersey up on the rooftop, he tosses just, an inanimate <laughs> dummy that's supposed to look like the punk off the roof, crashing yeah. down on top of the car. Dude, $13 million budget? That dummy? <laughs> And then they couldn't even put the actor on the roof of the car. They just showed the dummy <laughs> lay on the hood of the car. Oh, it's terrible. Oh. <laughs> Special effects, zero. Cursey, one. I'm sorry, gang member, zero. Yeah, they got uh, to pay for that sweet, sweet stash. Cursey, one. <laughs> the next morning, uh, Lieutenant Schreiker pays Paul a visit at his apartment. Uh, he tells the vigilante, you know what? Take it down a notch. Uh, the coroner's having to hire extra help. People are getting nosy. Like, it's getting a little out of hand. It's not finished. Fraker's not finished. It's just like cockroaches. You gotta kill them all or else what's the point? 
When you unleash the mad dog, you can't get mad at the dog. Kersey's doing what you asked him to do. You can't stop him now. Uh, Shriker certainly can't argue with that logic, so he leaves, and Paul starts <laughs> making some eggs for breakfast. Hey, he's finally making himself some food for once. Uh, the poor Jewish couple these, downstairs these, is like, finally. They smell the eggs. They're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> no, they're actually, what's that smell coming up there? Oh, wait, no. Then he's like, maybe I'll go down to the cab bras get some bagels and lux. God, really? Can you just leave him alone for one? Uh, but his breakfast is... <laughs> His breakfast is cut short when uh, Fraker slits the throat of the elderly corner store owner's wife in the building, and he calls Kersey to tell him, it's your fault I slit her throat. Well, no, he calls... You started this war. He calls the, the corner well, he calls store the, dude. He calls her husband like, oh, hey, your wife's up here dying. You might I think get that's like one of the coldest rude. fucking scenes, it's man. Rude. It is. And the old guy looks up at the apartment, sees Fraker in the window. In his... Oh. And then he calls Kersey. Oh, by the way, you're the reason she's dead. Hey, I, I told did, you. I did this. Well, at this point, you can't heap any more guilt. He's he's clearly not over the loss of his wife and his family. Oh, this guy, keep, this guy has just, no guilt. You just keep adding stuff on as if like somehow it's going to make him worse. I have to kill everybody. You're not going to break this guy. He's broken. He's broken. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Kersey heads up to Bennett's apartment to come up with a new game plan. And Bennett tells him, well, Charlie gave me one last gift that's going to solve everything. Oh, yeah? What's that? Oh, it's a monstrous thirty caliber brownie machine gun he keeps in his kitchen pantry. <laughs> Is that a babka cake I see that string of ammo under? I love babka cake. <laughs> no, he doesn't say that. It'd be funny if he I did, though. I thought he actually did. I just love Bronson obsessed with Jewish cuisine. <laughs> uh, no, he's got this huge machine gun Charlie gave him in his, in his little... Pantry, his little. What's in the bread box? Oh, it's this giant artillery <laughs> fucking cannon. It's a Browning automatic machine gun. But surprisingly, Kersey says he doesn't want to use this weapon of mass destruction, as tempting as it is, because it might hurt too many people. Which is, of course, like me saying I don't want to take that shot of Jameson at one a.m. Because you know damn well, five minutes later, I'm taking that shot. And you know damn well he's using that machine gun really damn quick. If only I could put them all in one place and then use it, no, then only they would be hurt. There has to be a more peaceable solution. Who are we joking? Give me the gun. I was about to say, you've just been mowing down an entire neighborhood. It's too much. Well, speaking of uh, Bronson firing off shots, Catherine invites him over in the middle of the night and they end up doing it. Uh, you do not see them do it, thank God. That would have been too much. I love seeing with this. He's <laughs> not. Well, guess guess what? Uh, she's no. Just, she, I loved it because it's like <laughs> I've decided I'm leaving the city. She decided to go away, but I had to their, see you one more time. Their first date, she told him how much she loved her life. Next date, she screws him. She's decided, just like that, to leave her job, her apartment, her entire life, <laughs> and flee the city with no real explanation. And then she bizarrely wants Kersey to come with her to the country. Well, I might just do that, but I'm hungry. <laughs> well, want to get a bite to eat? Let's go get some ice cream. Do you know a place that's open late? Oh, I know a great place, Paul. Dude, his key is his stomach. <laughs> and again... 
Why are you walking outside after the so sunset? So they head out for a late night bite, but not before Paul tells her to pull over to check his P.O. box along the way. I might have got another gun. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know the minute he it's leaves the traveling will these. The minute he leaves her alone out in that car on the street, you know what's going to happen. You know it. Yeah. Cuz he gives her that one last look before he goes in the post office and she gives him that you everything's be the one. great. I've never been happier look. In Paul Kersey's life, the minute a female gives you that I'm so happy look, she's dead. Why would he leave her in the fucking car? Everyone in his life who's special to him, he's left out in a car at night and they die. <laughs> Take her into the post office with you, you asshole. Um, I'll be right back. You're the fourth woman I've dated in three years. I need you to come inside with me. I've been banned from Match.com. It's never a good match. It's the last match. Well, sure enough... Fraker and one of his goons show up. They punch out Catherine through the car window, shift the gear to drive, and off she zooms in Kersey's car to her death in a big fiery explosion. <laughs> Kersey strolls down there, stares at the burning inferno for a second, then puts his hands in his pocket and just walks away. That's, He's seen this a million times. I was about to say it. He's seen like, this song before. He's heard this song I, a million he, times. He literally has the look on his face <laughs> without the words of, Oh no. That's it. <laughs> hey, it's there. It. It. It's like, uh, oh no! Uh. <laughs> I'm. I was thinking about that. Like, shock. In today's, it'd be like, oh. Hey, uh, what? I see him looking over at M Michael Winner, the director. I can play this two ways. I can look at the burning car and think, or I can look at the burning car and go. Uh, is there a difference, Charlie? Uh, you know what? I, gave you, I said two ways. Go with what you feel's best. Well, there's a third way. Uh, let's go with two. Can we try it without your hands in your pockets? No. Deal. No dice. Now you're dead. <laughs> oh my god, man! This guy—it's <laughs> just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not expecting him to like. I'm not expecting him to like drop to it. I'm not expecting him to drop to it. He runs down. He runs to the bottom. He stops. But here's the thing. I know. Oh, and he turns around and walks off. And walks off slowly. Oh. Like, eh. It's the he, most horrible thing you've ever seen, Charles. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not expecting him to drop to his knees like. No. Why? I think it's actually. He was just boning her. She's the one that wanted him to be this like thing. They had one dinner and sex. Yeah, but still. I'm sure he felt bad. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh. I've seen it all before. I'll meet someone else. <laughs> I oh, always, no. I always do. This happened just like Los Angeles, New York, <laughs> Kansas City, City. Detroit, uh. Cleveland. All the towns I stopped at coming to New York. <laughs> I met a girl in Missouri. They cut her head off. Eh. I'm sorry, baby. Par for the course with this guy. Well, uh, She was the eighth love of my life. My depression knows no bounds. I will kill someone. Neither does my hunger. Where's that restaurant? Maybe they have some more babka here. <laughs> Lieutenant Schreiker uh, shows up, and he has Kersey taken in to protect, 
protective custody. At this point, it's gotten out of hand. And that allows Fraker and his gang to unleash total chaos on the neighborhood. Oh, my God. They set Bennett's clock repair shop on fire. Which, who's taking their cuckoo clock in this neighborhood to go get well, fixed? Well, it wasn't just that. His <laughs> Nobody's getting their clock fixed in this damn neighborhood. Oh, everybody's getting their clock fixed in this neighborhood. It was actually... It wasn't Rodriguez the has his grandfather clock. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> the clocks that he was fixing. Yes, he could, he made money that way. He was also doing the taxi meter repair. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah. yeah. It was good good. If good he business. was doing window repair, but my I could see. But my question becomes is... Where the fuck is getting a taxi in this fucking war zone? Catherine. She took a taxi <laughs> yeah, in there. Yeah, but I get the feeling she took it, like, she took it from uptown. And it was one of those where probably the, the cabbie was like, you want to go where? What actually, the I, fuck? Actually, I'm surprised the, the cabbie was like, oh, no, 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 no. The company won't let me drive down there. Have you seen it? I can't stop, so I'm going to slow down to about 10 miles an hour and jump out. <laughs> Here's half a $100 bill. I'll give you the other half when I meet the man of my dreams. I love this man. What was his name again? <laughs> well, uh, the crooked cops stand there watching the clock shop burn. and They're, they're just they're doing nothing uh, during this whole thing. Uh, when he can't find Kersey for help, Bennett pulls out another of Charlie's vintage machine guns. This guy is like stockpiling. It's an MG42 Rambo 2 style, that thing he wraps bolts around his arm. And he goes out on his fire escape to, you know what? I don't need Kersey. I can do this myself. Well, jams. This gun, this gun is so <laughs> well, heavy. All, the bad guys run off like they scatter like cockroaches. And then when they see that his trigger jam, it's jammed. Get him. They run up the fire escape, beat him to <laughs> Beat the but shit I'm out sitting of here sitting, going like, wait a second. My gun jammed. But they were like, literally, a hundred yards <laughs> but away. But he's old. They're young he was like old. 70. Oh, and I'm sorry, the gun jammed? That's weird. It's only been under Charlie's bed for 40 years. <laughs> also, never been oiled, never been anything. Also, I'm like, did you know, I use these guns all the time. I don't know how it works. It's jammed. No, I'm just going yeah, to pull on this lever and act like I don't know what's going on. Well, so the thugs climb up the fire escape and they toss Bennett's stunt double over into a dumpster. Dude, that fat dude that looked nothing like Bennett. They just put his Bennett's hat on him and threw this guy into the dumpster. His last thought was that this went so horribly wrong. <laughs> you know what? I thought I was going to have a big moment here and i just an asshole. Life. It is over. I want Kersey to look when he goes to visit him in the hospital. Not so easy, is it? Uh, well, Schreiker lets Kersey visit Bennett in the hospital, where Bennett essentially tells Paul, please kill them all for me. <laughs> you got it. Naturally, Paul slips out the hospital to do the window. He slips out to do just that. But he needs to pick up some more packages at the post office first. Who is sending him all these guns? <laughs> That's never answered. Who's he calling on the phone to send him all these weapons? I buy everything from Guns R Us. <laughs> Amazon Prime. <laughs> Seriously, who's giving it these guys? Oh, that's not going to be invented for another 30 years. <laughs> so uh, that's how ahead of the time I am. So Kersey and the recently widowed Latino guy, Rodriguez, huddle up in Kersey's apartment to prepare for war. Besides Charlie's 30 caliber anti-aircraft gun, Kersey's new packages, hey, contains a missile launcher and missiles. Armor piercing, 
What missile is an armor piercing? Well, I love the fact like I've got Wildy and this gun and these rocket launchers <laughs> and all this. And then the, the, the <laughs> comes in. I've got a zip gun. Which is just and, essentially a pipe and a string. Yeah. It's like a it's like a it's like a pop gun. It, it, it's a it's yes. a it's a homemade yes. thing. All it literally is is shoot shotgun shit. Hey hey Paul, yeah. can I can I have one of your guns? Can maybe? I have that crappy revolver that you don't Hold even on, want? I, these guns are so heavy. I've got fifteen machine guns on one shoulder. Uh, I've got a zip gun. I got a potato gun here. I'm shooting potato spuds at people. You'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. Hey, that guy makes the most of the potato gun. He does, but there's a great scene. I don't know, seriously, like he's he just. Oh. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that scene. Oh my god. Well, it turns out he's going to need all this because Fraker has called in reinforcements from the surrounding boroughs. Yeah, is that right, boroughs? Yes, he does, because he simply That's gets correct. on the phone, as he did before to Kersey. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> hey, I need, I need reinforcements. A shit, Who are they? A shit ton of gang members have shown up on motorcycles. Oh, no, no, this time it's bikers. It's biker gangs have shown up to help Fraker. To take down the one sixty-six year old Kersey. <laughs> and also, I need help. Bring everything you got. Well, we got like two thousand bicycles. Who, who do we, it? Who are we taking on here? It's a seventy-year-old man, <laughs> and he's got a Mexican guy with a potato gun. He can oh God! Run fire, away! He can literally fire one round every twenty seconds. He's got he a big. Cannot defeat him. He's got a big gun. It it shoots one bullet, but it's got it's an impressive, impressive piece. Well, from this moment on... That's what she said. (laughs) That is what she said. Uh, Speaking of old chubs, uh, I really like this beer. It's tasty. It is. It is. Um, Sorry I keep referring to you guys' penises as old chubs. I'll stop doing that at the end of the episode. Okay. Uh, Boy, it's it's got a really unique profile. I like it. I'm a fan of Scotch Ales. We should probably next beer switch to the Goodnight and see what that's all about. Oh yeah, yes. we do have another beer down yeah, there. Yeah, I wish I would have thought of that before we finished the cigar, but Oh well. Yeah. Well, technically it is good night. Good night. Oh, good night. I thought that's why it would be Prince. a good one for the movie. Good night, sweet yeah, prince. Sadly <laughs> enough it has a sad story behind it, so the beer does. Yes it does. Oh what's what's the sad Well let's well wait, let's drink these beers and Alright. Let's hurry up and drink these beers so we can get to the sad story. <laughs> 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 No, I'm dead. No, I'm dead. I thought we drink beer because we heard the sad story. We drink beer because we are the sad story. <laughs> Where was I? I don't know. You started off the podcast when it's dark. Now we're in darkness. Thanks, Paul Kersey. Paul Kersey, take us out of darkness. <laughs> uh, from this moment on, the movie's just total batshit crazy. And by that, I mean batshit crazy fucking awesome. As the Latino guy Rodriguez stands next to him holding the box of ammunition, Kersey runs around the neighborhood mowing down bad guys with a giant thirty caliber machine gun. Could he really hold the barrel? No. no. That thing would get no. so hot as it's spitting out those bullets. Right? Correct. He, he couldn't hold it anyways. The recoil would have knocked him on his ass. And he's 70 years old, and it's, it looks like a really heavy piece of weaponry. But I think this, this sets the tone for... The most bad shit. Well, just our ladies of film in general. History. We <laughs> want this guy to hold a gun that's impossible to hold and fire and kill multiple people. It's like the last scene in Hooper 
Except now we've gone <laughs> body count. It's like the it's like the 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 Rambo two shootout in the yes. vill- I mean it's like, or Commando when he gets when he finally gets to Valverde. Yeah, this is Bronson's moment to shine. <laughs> and he just boy, sent he- out four hundred enemies. I've got two shotgun shells. <laughs> I can win. He's killing dudes on these motorcycles. He's killing dudes on rooftops. If you're a dude with a red mark on your forehead, you're dead meat. I'm leaving my own red marks. Now you he doesn't say that, but that'd be cool. That'd be a good line. Yeah, it's like, I'm leaving my own red marks. It's like Kurt Russell in a tombstone. I see a red sash. <laughs> I kill the man no, wearing it. I think Bronson maybe has like maybe 20 lines in this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> they don't give him any good one-liners. Uh... <laughs> Cars are on fire. Citizens are getting randomly whipped by guys on cha- with chains. It's like that time we were supposed to host that podcast summit at Berkeley University no. before the uh, liberal snowflake students shut us down. That was an ugly scene. It was. Well, it still is. We did what we had to do. Thanks, Steve Banyan. <laughs> The motorcycle gang showed up. Was that his name? I kept calling him Steve O'Banion. I think it's Banyan. Oh, okay. Yeah. No I'm, wonder he kept looking at me weird. That's probably why he sicked all those kids on us. Yeah. Uh, but we had old Chubb. <laughs> Good old Chubb. Good old Chubbs. The motorcycle gang showed up ready to play as they tossed grenades and Molotov cocktails through all the windows of the houses and apartments. They blow the shit out of the corner store. There's random people running around, their bodies encased in flames. <laughs> the budget on this sucker was around double the last film, and it really shows. Uh, the last 20 minutes is like a Mad Max movie. You it said is. it earlier. This is totally like after a nuclear apocalypse. It's crazy. Uh, the thirty caliber finally runs out of ammo, so Kersey takes to putting holes in guys with his trusty old Wildy uh, and his buddy Rodriguez with his, <laughs> with his p- potato, potato gun. Potato shooter. <laughs> uh, all I got is this BB gun, Kersey. You'll be fine. <laughs> Can I please have just, one of your guns? Just make a loud noise. Aim for their eyes. They can't shoot from <laughs> 10 feet away. Dude, there's some shootouts where those bad guys are 10 feet from me to you to Kersey. Yes. And they can't shoot him. But boy, he, with Wildy, he, he knocks them across the city. Actually, they do shoot him in the belly at one point, And he looks at the holes in his sweater, kind of annoyed, like, my favorite sweater. Like he looks at it like, oh, damn it. He's wearing, bulletproof. wearing a bulletproof vest. Bulletproof That's not the way a bulletproof vest works. Curse you be on the ground. Oh, my organs. I'm dying. My, oh, yes. My, all of a sudden, my third to last dead girlfriend gave me this sweater. All of a sudden, I'm imagining uh, killing Gunther in hands. <laughs> That's not how it worked. Is that not bullets? They don't just stick in your... No. 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 <laughs> That, is not that force has to go somewhere. Well, the cops show up, but they don't really do shit, as they just mostly join the citizens from watching the neighborhood burn down. Some officers do heroically try to fight the gangs, but they're blasted to smithereens. I mean, like, 20 cops get killed in, like, two minutes, and there's still no reinforcements, no urgency by the city to, to do anything. Send in RoboCop! In the middle of all this insanity, a few punks decide to yank a woman out of her house and rape her. There's always those guys. Hey, with all this shit going on, let's rape somebody. <laughs> but Kersey and Wildy save the day once again. He blows them away. And inspired by Kersey, others 
what do you know? Everyone in the neighborhood has guns all of a sudden. They start digging <laughs> in their they dig in their closets and get their guns family. out, and they decide to fight back against Fraker and his army. If they, they're, but they're just as fucking vicious as Fraker. They're beating dudes' brains in with baseball bats. They're shooting dudes in the dick with guns. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. Nobody's vicious, more vicious than Fraker. We cut to him. He sets a building on fire. This old lady runs out in flames, and then he mows her down with his Mac-10. Was that a Mac-10? It, it was a Mac-10. Mac 10. That was the, the glorious 80s I'm going to set Mac an 10. old lady on fire, and then as she begs for help... <laughs> oh, man, that was awesome. I mean, that was horrible. Beer you? Yes, please. Uh, we have transitioned beers, as they say in the cigar beer film podcast world. I don't know. We're the only ones that does this. I'm kind of making it up as we go along. What beer? This is the beer we wanted to do. Yeah. And after one sip, I'm glad we didn't. It, not that it's a bad beer, but it is this would entirely different. This would not have been the beer no. to to go with for this, the the cigar. This is, this is this is a completely different animal. Tell us about it. By the same brewery, Oscar Blues. Oscar Blues. This is the Gnight. Imperial Red. The good night? The good night. Good night. The good night. G apostrophe K N I G H T. Now there's a story behind that, but this is an Imperial, as they describe it, Imperial Red IPA. Hey, you got your red. Is this the creaminess? Is this the creaminess you always wanted in your red? This is is three things. Let's start with the root. It's an IPA. It's very, very, very heavy on the But it's a red IPA. So a red ale IPA, but an imperial red. I I, I can't even. I'm going to put IBUs at 82. I can't even. 60. Oh. It is 8.7 ABV and 60 IBU. You thought it was higher because we were coming off a low. Now, I I think he's wrong. I think the old chub is 10%. No, 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 no. I, I, I did a double check on it. Okay. Now, the Gnight is, as they... As they you des- like it. I love this. As they describe it, our Velvet M80 is a hefty, dry, hot, double red IPA with a nose full of aroma and a sticky mouthfeel, a multi-middle... <laughs> That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. Before the car burned up. <laughs> That's what she said before she burned to death in several pieces. You did, and it wasn't me that killed you. I, imp- I impregnated you, and then you blew up. Good night. Happy su- Valentine's Day. <laughs> Sorry. Good night supports a surprisingly sensuous finish for a beer of its size. It is a sensuous finish. It's brewed to tribute to a fellow Colorado craft beer pioneer and Vietnam vet who died fighting a 2002 wildfire. That's Good night is actually... Stands for Gordon Knight. It's the uh, dead man's Knight, beer. 52 years old, died on July uh. 30th, 2002, after his helicopter crashed while he was fighting the Big Elk Meadows Forest Fire just, out, just outside of the Oscar Blues Brewery's hometown of Lyons, Colorado. Knight won the Great American Beer Festival gold medals at three different times. That's good. For his work with the High Country Brewery, in 93, the Twisted Pine Brewing Company in 96, and the Wolf Tongue Brewery in 98. Each of the champion beers was won 
was uh, were very different than the others, but they shared one thing in common. All were made on the same uh, four and a half barrel system that he took with them every time he went to a different brewery. Interesting. So it is delicious. I will say. Have uh, you had this before? I have not. We did. We have not. Have you tried it tonight? Yes. Okay. Uh, What do you think? I, I. It's. It's phenomenal. To Gordon Knight. To Gordon Knight. To Gordon Knight. Firefighter. It has that oh, that IPA. It's got good. that citrus. It's got the floral. It's got but the cream. Then, it's got the cream. It is creamy. It is a creamy double the imperial, IPA. The imperial part, that's that creaminess. Yeah. The citrus and the floral is the IPA. But then I, I what's the red? What am I getting? What, what what's the red identity? All right, so you, the cream, citrus, and floral. But now between the but if you if you drink it, oh, it smells good. There's a whole lot of shit going on. Oh my this god, beer. this feels yes. amazing. <laughs> it is way to go, Tut. <laughs> if you would have gone a couple days earlier, we could have done the whole thing on this thing. Actually, this this beer would have washed out any cigar. This beer has got so much going on. Oh. This beer is the bomb.com. You're going to Flavortown on this beer. Oh, God. No. <laughs> no, no, that is appropriate. That is appropriate. You are going to Flavortown on this beer. Insane sauce. Insane sauce. It's insane sauce. beer. Oh, that is fantastic God, beer. We have one. This is where it gets interesting. We have one more in the fridge. You bought four. Now we get Bronson. Death Circus. <laughs> now I pull out the switchblade. You're dead, sucker. All of a sudden, oh my god! All of a sudden, I brandish Wildy. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> got the mustache. That's right. That's right. It's my beer. Now you did, dude. This beer is amazing. It is. Or are we just Holy so smokes. drunk on old Chub that we? Yes. <laughs> Yes, old chub is the greatest way. No, now to taste. I now I want to knock off all the old chubs off the table. Like, screw you, old chub. You guys are worthless. <laughs> you suck. You were okay until I had this. I'm gonna take all 15 cans in front of me. <laughs> Just get them out of the way. No, I. Everything you said, the floral. Uh, it's got a. It's got a really delicate floral. Uh, the aroma is just. Bomb.com. If you made a Matt Cade cologne, <laughs> which someone out there is thinking about doing. Possibly. Maybe. Probably. It would sure there's a website somewhere. It would smell like this. <laughs> it is. That is the imperial. When you said the imperialness is equals the creaminess, what does that mean? What is an imperial... The Imperials, um, people use it for various things, but I mean, a lot of times when you hear it. I think Imperial, I think double IPA. I, th- I think Imperial, I think coffee style. A lot of your Imperials are like your Russian Imperials. They're a lot darker. They're a lot heavier. Uh, they got the maltiness and the bitterness going in. But everything it. you just said, this beer doesn't have that's any like, of that. Well, no, it does have the maltiness in it. But they are eh. all... That's, where, that's on the back side of that green. Creamy. It's muted. 
the the maltiness is incredibly muted. But that's because it's like mixed with all that IPA stuff. I, I'm getting the creaminess and the and the hops and the and the floral. That's like the mixture of the imperial with the IPA, yo. Point at it, baby. The bomb.com sauce. Let me stick my finger in this. Oh. What is this? Going to mix it. Stir it up. Do I need to go this oh, way? Oh, now he's coming yeah. in from the top. Ooh. Fist bump. Oscar Blues. Oh. So so fist do I go sideways there. and top? And we've do officially Do I need to do a 10 and 2? We're done. We, we've, we've lost the show. <laughs> no, we haven't. That is freaking oh, awesome. God, that is good. It is good. It, like I said, citrus and floral. I mean, it's a strong. Did they have any more of these, or just the four no, you got? No, I got the last four. Okay. Did you let them know they suck? Just take a dump in the aisle and be like, <laughs> "Hey, you know what? By the time you're cleaning that up, maybe you can find some more of these." Find some more of these. So I do. You know done. who I am? <laughs> I'm from the Tuesday Night Scar Club podcast. I technically produce something. <laughs> I've done things, man. <laughs> I've seen things. I want to schedule a Colorado barn smoker so we can go there and just go to the factory and be like, pour that in my face until I'm literally this close to dying. All right, fine. Please? Just get in line with everybody else. They're all here for the same thing. Exactly. All those cigars. 15 other beers. Nobody wants it. They just want that one. Who are those losers staying in line? Those are other cigar film uh, beer podcasters. Wait, what? There's more than us? These no, are no, the podcasters who want things but no longer care. <laughs> All right, who are those guys? Those are cigar podcasters who know their names but want a drink. Oh. Who are we? We are cigar podcasters who no longer know where we are or our names and don't know if we want a drink. Get uh, no. them a drink. <laughs> God, that's a good beer. Have we hyped this beer up enough, for God's sake? Probably could do a little more justice. I don't think that there's ever been a beer in like three years, two years that we've gone this gaga over. It's good. Oh, we went gaga over Dankasaurus before it ran out of the pub. Because we only, again, we only had one of those and the, the cake floated and we didn't Here's even that. your f- half a beer. It's delicious. There was one other one that we flipped out for that was just so in your face. In your face. (laughs) Everything's Guy Fieri with us now. Welcome to Flavortown. Did you guys get all those memes I sent you today? You mean all 500 of them? Yes. I I love the uh, Dungeons and Dragons one that Cody said, (laughs) the escape from Flavortown. It was Dungeons, Dragons, Divers, Diners, and Drives, and it was a dragon with the Guy Fieri hair, and the name of the book was... (laughs) Escape from Flavortown. It was the original cover. Oh, yeah, it was like original D&D. I was like, man, when I saw that one... It got me right in the feels. Yeah. I was like, I think it should be whoever finishes there first gets that last one. Oh shit! <laughs> You're, You're way ahead. Just saying. <laughs> no, oh. we'll settle it by like gentlemen. A duel to the death. No, you did. Uh, okay, I, th- I think you, you folks at home get the idea. Old Chubb, good. <laughs> good night. Fantastic. Great. And. It's hoppy as hell, and this guy likes it, and he doesn't really like hoppy beers, so that should tell you something. 
It's probably my favorite beer that we've done in three years. What? Yes. Dude, that's a bold statement. Oh my god. Really? I know what I said. Wow. Maybe we should save the other one to do some pictures and give it some... Maybe if we give it some love, they'll make more of it. <laughs> They're not. Uh, thank you, Gordon. You're all, no, just give it to me. <laughs> give it to me. I'll make sure it has a proper place. We've done a lot of flavorful IPAs over the years. Um, dude, 70 episodes. I can't even begin to tell you my favorite beer we've done on the show. I'd, I'd have to... Look I at a, I'd have to look at a spreadsheet. I'd have to do some... I don't. I'd have to bring up my pocket calculator, do some math. Nope. But this is really, really good. Yikes. It's good. All right. Well, let's finish up this movie, and then we'll... I got to hit this up on Untapped and Twitter and Facebook. Oh, God. He's like, useless hey, the rest of the night. Yeah. At one point, during all this craziness, we just... We, our, just to recap, uh, Fraker just set an old lady on fire and then shot her to death with his Mac-10. <laughs> At one point, Lieutenant Schreiker shows up. He hadn't been there. And he and Kersey just run down the middle of Main Street jogging, wasting dudes right and left with their guns. What Rooftops the- coming out of buildings. They're just shooting guys all over the place. It's awesome. There's gang members up in trees shooting at him. Oh These my guys God. have climbed up in trees. They're shooting those guys. Don't don't ever climb a tree to shoot. And also, I, There's I'm gang not... members still trying to rape rape chicks who stop. Like, oh wait, the, there's Kersey. They try to shoot him. He, they shoot him. They, so they stop some rapes. That's a good thing. There's horrible <laughs> fake body dummies continuously soaring off the rooftops. Dude, those body dummies that they throw off these roofs are just they're horrible. Terrible. Uh, eventually, Wildy runs out of bullets, so Kersey goes back to Charlie's apartment to get another gun. Despite this fact, there's literally a sea of guns in Main Street. Everybody he shoots has a gun. They're just laying. There's just a, a million machine guns everywhere. I got to go up to the apartment and get my own piece. As he's crouched down, loading up his trusty old pistol, Fraker climbs in the window and is about to shoot him before Lieutenant Schreiker barges in the door and shoots the gang leader instead. But he takes a bullet from Fraker to the his shoulder. Dude, Kersey looks at him. I guess I owe you one. He does. Kersey yeah. also shoots Fraker like six times in the chest just to make sure the, the deed is done. Uh, before, I'm going to call you an ambulance. What ambulance is going to make their way First of all, is going to come in there. Second of all, hasn't been called already. There's a million dead people here. We need you to come down here. Whoa, whoa, what? what <laughs> Where are you? That street? <laughs> I don't think so. No, no, no. No, not today. No, no. We'll come tomorrow. Well, he calls Schreiker an ambulance, and like any classic movie villain, Fraker suddenly rises up from the dead. You see, Kersey? I got a bulletproof vest just like you. And he pulls out his gun, and Schreiker's sitting there, and Kersey's sitting there. He's like, Schreiker's like, you can't kill us both. And he's like, yeah, just watch me. Schreiker goes to shoot him. As Fraker goes to shoot Schreiker, this gets confusing, Fraker and Shirker, our hero, 
Kersey reaches behind his coffee table. Remember that fucking rocket launcher that showed up in the mail? He <laughs> now tucked, he finds a purpose for he it. He tucked it behind the coffee table. He pulls it up. Shushunk, poosh, blows fucking Fraker out the window and also destroys the entire side of the apartment building. Too bad you didn't have a missile-proof vest, punk. He doesn't say that. That'd I was be about punk. to say, did he say no, that? No, but that would be funny <laughs> if he did, right? Do they make missile-proof vests? Mm, Probably depends not. Depends on the missile. Probably not. Well, somehow all the gang members know that instant that it's Fraker, that smoldering black chunk of flesh on the street. They know it's Fraker. It's literally, he's the size of a beer can, this little... He just got hit by a missile, but they know it's their leader, and they drop their weapons and run for the hills. That's, that's one of the... It makes favorite, absolutely no sense. That's one of my favorite things is that you got the one guy who, like, raises his chain fist like he's about to strike, and then you got the girl. No. They, they defeated our leader. It's time to go. You know, when your leader was in prison, you just nominated another dude, and he took over. Not now. But how did they even know it was him? It's just a big chunk of shit. Well, that's oh, Fraker. That's Fraker. They knew. Uh, the neighborhood is saved, boys. Everybody's cheering. Lieutenant Schreiker tells Kersey, I can buy you a couple minutes, get a head start. So Kersey packs his suitcases neatly, changes into his nice suit again, Stops by the Jewish family's apartment for one last meal. No, he, no, he doesn't do that. Yes, and, he does. And he walks off into the sunset. It, was in, the, end, it was in the deleted scenes. He did. The end credits roll as he walks off into the sunset. End of movie. End it was of, like a it was end like, of great movie. It was like a really rushed ending. There, it was. Uh, Anytime you have a villain like Fraker, you want like an epic finale. Like Commando, you want Bennett to have a steam pipe through him, or you want a Rambo, a, an explosive arrow through. Well, this guy did take a missile launcher. Well, that's true. <laughs> what would you do, Kate? Different, bigger? No. Well, I thought when they just shot him, that was weak. Yeah, yeah. But then when he gets a grenade launcher, that's. Rocket launcher with all the rockets. <laughs> Kersey, you can't get it. Rodriguez is all of a sudden there. Kersey, you can only get one in at a time. But I, I think I that's. Get, I, 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 I think that what you're talking about is that he didn't get that final dialogue. He didn't get that final. He didn't get monologue. that one last one-liner. You know that. No. We've actually been serving. Well, X Kers- Corp. And Kersey to- and Kersey didn't get the last one-liner. You know no. when, when Arnold kills Bennett and let off some steam, Bennett. They always get that one last one-liner. That's why I thought the too bad you didn't have a rocket-proof vest. I thought that would have been a good one-liner. It, it needed but something. But that's not in Kersey's character. Well, it might not have been, but it did need something. And maybe that's, you know. It did seem very. It did, and maybe this considering was like, it was a rocket that blew off half when the was building. This, when was this made? 85. Yeah, it should have had that one-liner. Considering that this that he blew off half the apartment building with this guy, Cinematically, it was a good ending, but yeah, it was. But at the same time, character-wise, I mean, could you kill what's the his name? Going, you better get out of here. I'll buy you some time. What? And boom, it's over. At the very least, he at least give me the black kid giving the the 
Oh, dude, that would have been a great ending. He's walking out. He's like, or he does the classic gun like he did in the first one. He doesn't do anything. He just walks away. (laughs) I I thought the ending was as insane as like the last twenty minutes. It left left me wanting. The last five minutes was kind of yeah. What? Well, because you saw Kersey running back to the apartment for his gun as he tripped over guns. And as he tripped over gang members looking for him, like they didn't even try to shoot him. It was just kind of sloppy. It was a sloppy last five minutes. I agree. I agree. Well, the film opened at number one at the box office. and D3? Yeah. And when you factor in cable TV and home video rentals, uh, it was an excellent moneymaker for Canon. Uh, which, of course, led to two more Death Wish films, <laughs> although director Michael Winner was no longer involved with the franchise. I personally thought Death Wish 5, The Face of Death, was pretty cool. It had Michael Parks as, as a gangster. Uh, it was kind of like, uh, once again, Bronson, now at like 70-something, had like a 20-year-old model girlfriend, <laughs> and it was like the modeling world, and oh, it was horrible. It was... Uh, but I, I, I like Death Wish 5. The, the other one, the 4, was The Crackdown. It was all about crackheads, and I didn't really... Crackdown about crackheads. Uh, crackdown about crackheads. Uh, a little on the nose there. Here's what I love about cracking down. Usually get to crack some crackheads. Um, <laughs> Did he say that? I don't know. And we will <laughs> never do another Death Wish movie, so we'll never know. Uh, I usually don't do. I usually don't on the show reference IMDb trivia, but I'm going to make an exception here. I think you'll know why. There was two things that caught my eye, both from our friend Bill from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Alex Winter. Um, according to Alex Winter, Charles Bronson had a Jaguar car that would drive him from his dressing room to the set, which was usually about three feet away. <laughs> oh my God. He said it was more like watching a man golf than act. I love that quote. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Dude, think about it. You step out of the cart, you say some stuff. That's kind of the way I envision y'all talking about me doing podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Watching Total is more like watching... (laughs) Watching Tuttle is more like watching a man golf than do a podcast. Oh, no. I, no, I think this is... Dude, what a quote. Because no, you can see awesome. it. You can watch the movie and picture, picture Bronson stepping out, saying a few lines, getting yeah. back into this Jaguar and go back to his thing. That's one of the things that... Uh, it's golfing. I, I watched an interview with uh, Anthony Hopkins, who you know is pretty much respected as this great thespian. And, and, uh, he is thespian. And uh, many people not named Matt Cade respect Anthony, Ho- Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, I said he was a good thespian. I, I just said he. I, I don't know if he's. You said a, he was a thespian. You said he's respected as a great thespian. I don't Is know that, if he. He's okay. Yes, he's done some okay stuff. He's yes. great. I liked him in Thor. He's great. He was good in Thor. Yes, that was a anyway. One of the things one. that I I saw an interview with him it was like memorize your lines show up on time that's it that's that's the big secret memorize your lines show up on time we posted an article on facebook this week yeah 
some website did a uh, thing about John Kurt Carpenter Russell, yeah. and Kurt Russell's no. great relationship yes. over the years and why they work so good together. But what they failed to mention was the whole reason that Carpenter was drawn to Russell on Elvis and then he kept working with him because he showed up and he knew his lines. That's what That's Hop- like a huge that's thing. What, that's what Hopkins was saying. Memorize is that your fucking lines. You're yes. a professional. 100%. Your job is to know the you lines. Have a beer? Yes. Memorize the lines. Uh, uh, no, up saying, he, he gets the other good Yeah, I'll just take a little shot. He said it was the best beer he's ever had on the show. He gets the other one. Thank you. Thank you very much. And if you don't believe me, uh, check out the untapped Tuttle and uh, check out our Twitter feed at TNCCCast. And you will see me just freaking gush about this beer are you ready for the other alex winter quote from imdb yes he said michael winter the director walked around on set smoking a big cigar and an assistant walked behind him with a cigar box (laughs) if the assistant went over a certain line behind him he was fired winter had a new assistant every day on set (laughs) that seems crazy that's a little bit insane but if it is true, that's I, awesome. I could see us doing that. I would do that. It's like uh, uh, Smokey and the Bandit when Junior takes like two steps beyond Buford T. Justice and then takes like two steps back behind him. Cross this line, we're done. Every day. I I, 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 I thought those little insights were, uh, were good. Last point I want to make. Uh, obviously, we're talking about this film because this year, this month, our uh, boy Bruce Willis, our boy Bruce Willis, uh, happy birthday, Bruno. He uh, came out with his own reboot of the Death Wish franchise, which I was totally against. Two prong. Eli Roth, a director who we did on the Emerald Jungle, Green, Green Inferno, Green Inferno. Uh, the Emerald <laughs> Forest is in. <laughs> totally uh, no, you totally missed that. I'm taking that beer. Uh, right. The Jade. Guess what? I get foliage. That, I get that beer. Oh, <laughs> no, you can still have it. Uh, no, he no, he's a he's a chump, and he, and, and we don't. You know, he he talks a big game, but he, he's he's kind of a hack. But Archer loved it. And I was like, how the hell do you cast Bruce Willis in a Death Wish movie as a pacifist doctor whose family, and he's like, can't imagine using MPKA, a gun. motherfucker. I've seen this guy kill thousands of people. But our doctor, our fourth member, said Bruce made it work. He made him believe that the, this guy was a surgeon, and that he, he, he said Bruce brought it. Which he doesn't do a lot these days. He also said that they changed it up a little bit to where he wasn't like, you know, this broken, crazy man that Bronson plays. No, he just goes, he, it's just a revenge story. You always get, he said, that's the thing that kind of intrigued me is that Bruce Willis's character, there was always a hint of redemption that he's on the edge, but. He can always step back from the edge. Where Bronson, by at least Death Wish 3, he's just fucking mowing people no, down. Great. He's fucking crazy. <laughs> he's not stopping. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about it. I, I am actually curious about it. You're jaywalking. Now you're dead. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know what? The doctor liked it. So 
I want to see it now. Yeah, I. I, um, I and, and he like, said it brings in a lot of. Go to our website, read his review. He said it brings in a lot of stuff, like because it's captured on YouTube. Yeah, and they bring in like how everything nowadays. There's a cell phone video, and like you're not going to have a vigilante going around nowadays without a social media thing. They correct. He liked the way that Eli Roth they, they brought uh, that handled it. So. <laughs> Hey, and it really sticks in your craw to like say something. Hey, nice. I, I have no control over the doctor. He likes what he likes, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go against it. But uh, so you know what? It was a timely movie to do because of that movie yeah. in theaters, and it actually did pretty pretty good the first movie out, first weekend out. Um, if you are going to revisit the Death Wish franchise, I recommend highly you start from the beginning and work your way at least through part three, four, and five are. Good God, he's so old. Yeah. Uh, but at least, if you really are interested in the series, watch one, two, and three. I'm going to have to at least watch the original Bronson I watched Death part. Wish I watched part two leading up to this, and it's a very flawed movie. Um, and unlike this movie, he lets a lot of bad guys go. He literally only wants to kill the... The, the people that were The people that killed his daughter, and he lets a lot of bad guys go. But during that, he gets a bloodlust to where he's like, at the end, he's like, all right. They're one and the same. This is who I am now. No, it's like, they're cockroaches. You have to kill them all. And it it works in the context of part three. You believe it. I Well, yeah, I, and that's one thing that, for all of my memories of the Death Wish series, I was surprised at how much is Death Wish 3. All the stuff that I thought was Death Wish, no, it's Death Wish. It's amazing, and which is so different than the the other ones. Yeah, and I, now I want to go watch the if, original. If you look at our our '80s heroes, our action heroes, um, and their their signature franchises, obviously, you've got Stallone with Rambo, you've got Arnold with the Terminator, and I'm sorry, you know, Bronson did probably a hundred movies, he but was a little he's bit before our time, but. Bronson did a million movies, but he is Charles Kurt. He's, you know, he's yeah, he's Paul Kersey. He's Death Wish was his kind of burden that he that that's his claim to fame, for better or for worse. Yeah, I was. I think I came into Bronson on uh, Dirty Dozen. His well, character there. He's well, chopping wood. Well, we he all got that nice close up, and then the pan away. I'm not saying he didn't do other things. Arnold and Sly did a million other things yeah. that we loved him in. I mean, we love Bronson as harmonica in Once Upon a Time in the West. That's the one thing that I'm kind of like. But let's face it, harmonica in Once Upon the West was Paul Kersey with a cowboy hat on. <laughs> this guy has no range. He's pretty bad. This guy has no range whatsoever. <laughs> Everything he does is the exact same, whether it's a it's Western ca- it's or this like, guy. It's kind of like that cigar that's not, it doesn't have transitions. It's just one note, but that one note is excellent. We said that on the last cigar uh, that we did. Boy, this thing doesn't change a lot, but I like what it's given me on this one thing. Yeah. That's that's Bronson. You're not going to get a, a Macbeth out of Bronson. <laughs> well, you can. Oof. I'd watch it, but it probably shouldn't exist. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I it, it led. I would love to see him as Hamlet. 
There's something rotten in the state of Denmark. Wait, there's too many lines. <laughs> and I'm... <laughs> that is way too long. I'm taking out the trash. Punk. Hey, Claudius. Now you're dead. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for joining us. I, I hope it was a fun episode. I, I had fun. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think we drank enough beers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you get the last good beer. Ugh, good night. I, I say that, but Old Chubb was good. Old Chubb was fantastic. Get it. Drink it. No, it was fantastic. That beer is fantastic. The Old Chubb was good. Fantastic. It was good. It was fantastic. Uh, I'm drinking Old Chubb now, and I really wish I was drinking that other one of those. God, that's a good beer. If you want it, take it. No. You said it was the best beer you've ever had. No, I said on the it's show. The, it's the best 70 beer episodes. That's the, you, you earned it. You earned it. It might be close to the best beer I've ever had. Oh my god, are you hearing this? Exactly. Alright. But I'm kind of drunk at this point. Well, who isn't? <laughs> uh, did. Wait. Links Tut. What? Cody, you said wait. No, you said I wait. Said, no, I didn't say wait. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I heard him pretty say sure wait. Pretty sure you said wait and you had something bold to say. You were leaning in towards the mic. You have to say something now. Drink more. <sighs> he was going to say Always join drink us. more. He was going to say join us on Twitter at TNCCCast. Join us on and Instagram, see all of uh, Kate. Kate does a lot of posting on Instagram. Uh, join and see his handiwork at. at you know what TNCC you do? You do an occasional podcast. Instagram post, and they're always enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. Uh, people love seeing my cats. It's nice. Uh, at TNCC underscore podcast. Uh, Hit us up on uh, Facebook at TN. Uh, no, Facebook is Tuesday Night Cigar Club. And then uh, hit us on uh, YouTube, Tuesday Night Cigar Club as well. And if you've made it this far, if you have Amazon shopping to do, <laughs> please go to our website, hit the Amazon link. I can't express enough. Uh, please. Go to the, subscribe to YouTube. We should be watched. If you're listening to us on a iTunes or uh, a podcast uh, subaffiliate, you know, Podbean or whatever. The best. I, I really think we are meant the to best be quote, watched. The best quote I have We're ever. We're so damn handsome. The best quote I have ever seen. Wake up, Yak Boy. I am awake. Show them how handsome you are. <laughs> I am awake. Show the, best, you the best quote I have ever seen. Give him a flex. <laughs> Did you just like. Uh. I can't remember who, but they were like, this is my cigar lounge. This is like going to the cigar lounge, hearing people talk about stuff. So is that about us? Yes. Oh. It's awesome. I'm, and this, this Where was we, this? Somewhere in the social media webs. The so interwebs. It, it's so hard to keep track of. <laughs> it's all there in the interwebs. Somebody did say that. I, I, you know what? I remember that. Recently, they said, like, this is like being at my cigar lounge and watching a movie, and these guys are doing, yeah. They're doing the thing. We're doing the thing, and we're doing it well. All right, boys. Uh, God, do you want to stick around and drink some more beers? Yes. I do. Yes, I do. Not like on camera, but like when we 
No. Call quits yes. and yeah, yeah. Yes. Do it after the camera. Yes. We forgot the uh, one great cursey line. Do you really like opera? No. <laughs> As an opera major, even I found that funny. Hey, he's trying to get in her panties. <laughs> he said all the right things. No. Hey, he was giving an effort into something. You know what I like? Opera. It soothes me. Oh, that's really special, Paul. Do you really like opera? No. <laughs> this guy has... I am so baffled by Bronson. Oh, he's... What do you mean, baffled? He's you amazing. You know what you were going to get. <laughs> no, I know what I was going to get. But it's so... It's so just like... He's amazing. Every time I think he's given me a little something, he's quick to counter it with like, I gave you nothing. Dude, he's in Catherine's apartment. Paul, tell me something about yourself because I've given up my entire life and my career to be with you even though I know nothing about you. Tell me something about you. I like opera. Oh, do you really? No. <laughs> that is him in a nutshell. I love he's a, it. He's a obtuse asshole. Much like ourselves. Yes, oh, he is. Oh, man, I love it. Would you consider us obtuse assholes? Well, I would if obtuse. I knew us. We're obtuse. Mm. Well, we're assholes. If I knew what the word obtuse meant, <laughs> I would say yes. Now we'll take a minute for Tuttle to Google obtuse. <laughs> no. All right. Let's, no. Just, no. let's just do that. We don't have time for all that. We can't agree on this. God damn it. More than ever. May the wings of liberty. I mean it. Never lose a feather. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Keep the resistance alive. Keep strong. Keep drinking. <laughs> Sayonara, mother. Sayonara, motherfuckers. Oh. <clears throat> Sayonara, motherfuckers. Now you're dead. Now you're dead. To learn more about the time I delivered my own special brand of vigilante justice to the terrified and quivering criminal underbelly of downtown Youngstown, Ohio in the early 1990s, please download my unproduced screenplay, Death Wish 7. Holy mackerel, that's a lot of death. By Keith A. Howell. You see, I couldn't afford a gun, or even a knife, but I was working as a bag boy at the local Piggly Wiggly grocery, and I'd steal a big fish at the end of every shift. And later that night, I'd slap the bejesus out of thieving no-good punks with it. And then I just realized that by stealing the fish from my employer, I was no better than the punks I fish slapped. Irony? Meet Keith. Keith, meet irony. And now you're dead, punk. In the meantime, to learn more about the cigars and libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit www.oscartobacco.com. That's Oscar with a C. And www.oscarblues.com. That's Oscar with a K. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'Brien'sTemple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, 
menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky. And for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. Please be aware that there are no Piggly Wiggly grocery stores in Northeastern Ohio. The name of the local IGA grocer has been changed to protect the innocent.